It is like the Swedish chef. It's beautiful. My gosh, gosh, gosh. Oh, internet. Uh, this is, uh, what's, what the hell is this week? Oh, are we recording? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just jump right into we're it. We're recording. Can you tell when we're listening? What's, what's the name of the meme? The I don't even know the what the gosh, gosh, <laughs> Hey, guys, you're going to laugh about this thing on the internet. The Goosebumps books, girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not really paying attention because I am sitting here imagining how I'm going to spend my Mega Millions. So explain the Mega Millions to me. I've never heard of the Mega Millions until you started talking. Well, no, just, just, just this afternoon people started talking about it on Twitter. Well, so, no, it's a lottery thing, and it's a, across a whole bunch of states, so my odds of winning are even lower. Um, $640 million jackpot, Oh, I think it's though. up to $680 million. So I'm like, you know what? Why the fuck not? Am I not going to spend, like, three bucks? Excuse me, I spent five bucks on a couple of tickets. No, it, it, this is the first time I've ever bought a lotto ticket. I have bought scratch-off tickets before. Yes. Um, but uh-huh. uh, um, this is my first lotto ticket purchase. And the whole time, all I could think of was my mother. Have I told you about my mother in lotto tickets? No, what happened? So my mother... That's why you had to leave Texas, right? Because the family got <laughs> ran out of town. Yeah, we don't talk about that. It was just like the start of uh, Bone. Exactly, like, in every way. <laughs> Um, I'm smiley bone, needless to say. Anyway, no, um, so... You are actually, kind of. So, um, my mom deeply believes... My mom has a really fascinating spirituality. My mom deeply believes that one day she will win the lottery. Because she will... She, like, one of her favorite things to do is just kind of think about how she would spend that money. And she would not spend it... That's a fun thing to think about. It's not necessarily... And she has all these plans for all these charities she's going to donate to. Oh, she's not thinking about, like, I'm going to build an underwater bubble and live in the sea with all my friends. No, she's not like, I'm going to get a dirigible and then just drop water bombs on people. No, my mom is generally like, I would donate this much to this charity and this much to this charity. But my mom is not wasteful, so she's not going to spend money on lotto tickets. But... There are moments where she'll be standing at the checkout line and she will feel this feeling just wash over her that she's going to win. And that's when she buys a ticket. Wow. And every time she has felt that feeling, she has won. It's maybe been $5, $10. But every time she's won something. Have you called her up and asked her if she's got a feeling about the Mega Million? I totally should have asked her. And yeah. as I was buying this ticket, I'm like, do I feel that feeling? I don't Man, know. Man, we got listeners in the UK. Do they have lotteries in the UK? Is this a thing? Seriously. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm... For the two percent of people listening in the UK, do you... Why am I asking you guys? You guys so can't talk gambling, about... gambling, by and large, is legal, unless it's a state-run lottery, which don't is just they? ridiculous to me. Yeah. Anyway. I've never... I think I've bought a scratch-off ticket once or twice, but... Yeah. So why not? Nah. Hey, I, I have a net win on scratch-off tickets. I think I'm about $2 positive in scratch-off tickets. So we'll see how my lotto ticket goes. <laughs> yeah, you win a 7-Eleven uh, churro or something. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, we should probably mention, this is the Boy Hottie Podcast, everybody. Hey, everybody. This is Bill. This is Annie. Uh, this is a podcast for the week of, what is it going to be, the first tomorrow? Uh, yeah, April 1st. Do you have any delightful pranks planned, Bill? Oh, God, I forgot it's that first. <laughs> um... Are you going to do your taxes? Is it a trick on yourself? Finally. Yeah, I think exactly. Yeah, no. Um, what? I, this, 
I every day for me is April Fool's Day. <laughs> this is true. Where I'm just like, as anyone who follows Bill on I Twitter can test. <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, I've never really done. I've always had funny plans for Saint Patty's Day. What is it? April, <laughs> April Fool's, Fool's Day? Day. Fuck April Fool's Day. People like I man, especially now with the internet, people like just. It's the stupidest shit online. Where, like, there's two weeks ahead of April Fool's Day and two weeks after April Fool's Day. There's a whole month spot on the calendar that you can't trust any information about April Fool's Day because everyone's, like, throwing out the stupidest April Fool's Day shit imaginable. Yeah. And just kind of a big, like... I sound like a grumpy old man. <laughs> you kids get off my lawn. It makes it so hard to believe anything IGN puts oh. up this, this month. I just want to know what Steven Spielberg is doing I today. Don't but, I'm... Eh, fuck April Fool's Day. Yeah. I'm way too gullible. That is why I hate April Fool's Day. Because someone goes, oh my at least god. it's on a Sunday, so you're not going to be at work and someone's going to be like, ah, I work on fired. Sundays, motherfucker. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Also, it's going to be a Saturday, isn't it? No, you're right. It is going to be Sunday. It's going to be Sunday. We're recording Excusez-moi. Excusez-moi. Man. I have no idea what day in the calendar it is. All I know is that um, Sunday means I have one week to figure out an anniversary present for my parents. I am the How worst. How many years are going to be married? 30. That was a Freudian slip. <laughs> what? How many years? <laughs> Annie's so nonplussed Jesus right Christ. now. Christ. <laughs> um, How many? 30 uh, years? A long time. Something. Yeah. Anyway. Um, How old are you? Almost I'm 28. 30. Yeah, 28. okay. And they're married, I think, five years before they had me. Maybe oh, they're very chaste. So anyway. Um, Did they want a kid when they had you? <laughs> yes. Okay. But neither baby was an uh-oh baby. Yeah? They're good Catholic people, at least we're at the time. So what do you want? Anyway. They no, weren't. I am the worst at presents in the world when it comes to my family. Because it's not that I don't think about them. I love buying I presents and thinking about presents. I just fucking am terrible at setting them. I, I still have not sent... I gets their parents' anniversary. Well, see, or that's this, why. It's either, like, maybe that's something wrong with me. That is exactly why I'm getting them. I'm thinking about getting them an anniversary present because I still haven't sent them their dang Christmas presents. Well, yeah, you are tougher with gift. Yeah, I you need... owe them if exactly. Not, yeah, if not for anniversary stuff, exactly. So the very least I can do is um, either send them some flowers or a nice cut of beef. What? A nice cut of beef. Just gonna airmail it? Pretty much. You gonna hunt it's it yourself? It's in Sky Mall. Yes. <laughs> Where did you get beef from? You can do meat. Would you actually order from the Sky Mall? Not, no. Oh, that'd be so awesome to start actually. <laughs> that's when you know you've got a lot. You know what? With Mega Millions, you can start ordering there we stuff go. from the Sky Mall. That's going to be the first thing I do. I'm going to pick up the Sky Mall catalog. Man, my to tongue suddenly hurts. I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> I can't talk now. You're going to have to take over the podcast. Okay, here I'll talk about what I'm going to talk about, which is um, what I did this Seriously, week. Seriously, my Bill. tongue's starting to hurt. Oh, Bill. Uh, anyway, so of my tongue. This week, is this a thing? Did I get bit by a spider? <laughs> what happened? Mouse spider. Yes. I can suddenly pick up. I'm gonna shoot semen and swing from trees. Anyway, so um, what I did I don't this week? To do with being a spider. What I what? did this week? Shut up, Bill. What I did this week was I consumed all of the Hunger Games. Yeah! I just stuck it in my animal So your co-worker showed up on Monday and said, hey. Oh, no. So I have co-workers who try and get me to read the Hunger Games for a while. And I've always been like, What kind of Burks? Everybody, Hunger Games Burks. Hunger Games Burks. Oh, my God. They're hungry.
my work has betrayed me. <laughs> trying to get me to read The Hunger Games. God, it has oh been a long God. day. Oh. Anyway, uh, a lot of my coworkers are trying to get me to read The Hunger Games, and I've avoided all it. They're Hunger Games. <laughs> they're Hunger Games. But, um. Uh-huh. <laughs> <they're> all- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pushing that girl's face to make tails. <laughs> Our Hunger Games enters your session. What the hell are we laughing about? <laughs> yeah, I think you alluded to it. It's a the goose podcast. The, the Goosebumps Books Girl. <laughs> I can't even say it. So, anyway, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think this, this, may be, this may be your least coherent <laughs> podcast ever. You know what? I think we're laughing so much because we recognize that girl oh. in the Goosebumps books. <laughs> I can't even say it. Meme as being the inner spirit animal of anyone who likes to read. <laughs> exactly. And so we're just recognizing that girl in ourselves. Oh my god. Anyway. Oh. So, oh. I tried to read, I read The Hunger Games this week. Okay. Um, a lot of my coworkers like enjoyed The Hunger Games. I avoided <sighs> reading it. For the same reason that I avoided reading Harry Potter, is that anything that is that ridiculously mainstream possible, popular, you know, I don't realize there's only of. three books, too. Yeah, there's three we, books. I, like, I assume, like, any big series <coughs> these days, it's going to be, like, some minimum of seven books or something. No. See, that's what's great about The Hunger Games, is <sighs> when it's over, it's fucking over. It's just three books, and they're all pretty... Books. You read it in, what, four days? So Less they're pretty small books. And they're you, fucking you, breezy reads. You have a full-time reads. job, so it's not like you're just plowing through these while everyone else is away They are breezy-ass reads. Like, my, my coworker gave me the first book on Monday, I read a little bit of it <clears throat> on my lunch break <laughs> and on my breaks, and then, like, had friends over for dinner, and I was done with that book by 2 o'clock in the morning. It's a very, it's a very readable book. So anyway, um, Tuesday I went to go see the movie, then I finished book two, mm-hmm. and then on book three, actually, my wife and I took turns reading it aloud back and forth, and I'm glad we did, because Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm really impressed, because that shit is brutal. It is brutal as hell. She believes in breaking her toys pretty much in twain, and it works. Those books, this is what I've heard of these books, that they're about makeovers. They're ridiculously about makeovers, about makeovers? and there's a huge focus on fashion and makeovers. Well, wait, explain the situation to me, because, like, I've heard of The Hunger Games, and I've heard it vaguely described to me, yeah. but what is, like, what, what's the makeover? The Hunger Games. Isn't it, like, isn't it, like, dystopian future, and, like, yeah. people, teenagers are being plucked out of the, 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 so the unwashed the masses to participate in the games, and that's, is, is that the makeover part? Pretty much. People, it's, it's the running man. For yeah. kids. I mean, it's so there's. You know a, what? Hey, guess what? Have you ever seen Battle Royale? Because people are going to shut up about this for all <laughs> yeah, fucking I know. week. Jesus Christ. You so, know, I've seen Battle Royale. It's not that interesting to be. Well, remember, I saw Battle Royale. So, have you seen Battle Royale? I have not. It's no, that is not one of my movies, Bill. I I'm know. not. I do not do violence in movies. Very that movie's fucked. People's so, heads explode because of collars on their necks. That's hilarious. So, in The Hunger Games, uh, it is set in a dystopian future where about 75 years ago there was a terrible rebellion. And so as How punishment... How far in our future is this? It is not clear. Oh, okay. The implication is cool. it's it's about maybe... Maybe easily a couple hundred years in our future. Okay. The, the present um, day setting is... Yeah. Is, yeah. Okay. So it's maybe in like 2250 or something like that. Maybe oh, okay. 2300. So, um, uh, so dystopian future, rebellion... As punishment for the rebellion, um, the the city, this country that is in the ruins of America, is split up into twelve districts. Each district does a certain form of, or excuse me, thirteen districts. Each district contributes to the society somehow. One tri- one district farms. One like wh- where she's from, the protagonist is from. They mine coal. 
Um, there's a district that does textiles. There's a district that does fishing. Okay. So one of those di- districts was just straight up fucking bombed to a crater. District 13 is no more okay. as part of the war. They were decimated. The districts were decimated in a more accurate way than that word is usually used. And then on top of that, every year, each district is for- forced to do a lottery with one boy and one girl um, between the ages of like 11 and 17, I want to say. Yeah. And they are forced the to go. between audience, young adult, oh, reader totally. age, yeah. And they're forced to go and participate in the Hunger Games, uh-huh. um, just kind of as a reminder of the ongoing punishment of this rebellion. So it's a pretty cute premise, but the Hunger Games are a pretty much a reality TV show from start to finish. Is from... it actually called the Hunger Games? Yeah. Oh, okay. And um, so, like, the characters are made over, and they do all this fashion stuff, so there's a strong element of that. And the books are fucking hilarious because it's all about her relationship with these two different boys. And which one will she choose? What makes it less... What is bullshit is how much of a focus there is on it. What makes it less bullshit is that she thinks it's bullshit. She is too fucking busy keeping her family from starving to worry about boys. And she keeps trying to tell the boys this. Is she in the games for all three books? It's kind of clever. It's always Christmas at Hogwarts, right? Well, in the Hunger Games, there's always a Hunger Game. It may not literally be a Hunger Game. In the first book, it is literally a Hunger Game. The, this one that she gets, she uh, her sister is drawn I've into the I've never heard of the phrase, it's always Christmas at Hogwarts, but that well, feels completely appropriate. Well, you know, every Hogwarts, every Harry Potter book, there is Christmas at Hogwarts yeah. in every single book. It's, it's part of the structure. Well, <clears throat> um... Christmas and Hogwarts and these books are the concept of these games. Yeah. And in the, f- I don't want to you know, get in a little. Well, bit I was wondering with three books, like how long they can stretch out the idea of this one girl being in this one game, this televised well, thing. Well, the for three the books. first each book is a pretty damn concrete. Or if it's like three narrative. separate tournaments, or yeah. mm, I don't want to. It's hard to say without spoiling it. Oh, okay. The first I'll by read, the end of the Andy's first. Andy's already tricked me into buying the first book for <laughs> Kindle for five bucks. Well, Bill's like, oh, it's free on Amazon, and as he's it said clicking, it was free, but as he's clicking purchase, I'm like, is it free if you want a Kindle? Oh. And he just goes, mother. <laughs> so yeah. the first book is about this hunger game her sister gets drawn into this lottery and younger she, sister yeah oh. so the thing is is that every year so when you're 11 your name gets put in the hat and when you're 12 your name gets put in the hat twice when you're 13 it puts in three times you can also increase your they just try to murder all teens <laughs> pretty much but you you can increase your odds because you can put in and basically put your name in four more times and get like food and oh, okay. paraffin for your family. So like one of the characters, his name is in there like eighty three times, and so the odds of him being pulled are obviously much greater. Well, her little sister, it's her first games. Her name is in there once. She gets pulled, mm-hmm. and this is why I bought a Mega Millions tickets because if Prim can get pulled, why can't Annie? Win the lottery. I was about to make that joke when you were telling me about the <laughs> lottery ticket before. So, yeah. um, anyway, <clears throat> so she, you were able to volunteer, so she volunteered to take her sister's place, and it's all basically her attempting to, to save her sister. Uh, if you win the Hunger Games, what, well, do you think there will be more people volunteering? Because it sounds like this is not a world you want to live in anyway. <laughs> Why not die? volunteer? And what what's the, what's the, what's the, what do you win if you win? The so Hunger if Games? they're okay, so the Hunger Games are twenty four children and they kill each other. Only yes. one survives, yes. and the winner basically but gets to live. As someone who hates kids, this sounds awesome, dude. There's so many child on child murders in this book, Bill. You got to read uh, this shit. Uh-oh. If you can look over, I I had no trouble looking over the fashion and makeover stuff because the protagonist hates all this shit too. And like I said, she hates all the romance shit too. <laughs> She's like, my favorite line in the whole books is, um, I can't think about kissing when I have a rebellion to plan. And, which is totally, I mean, that's a joke, but it's totally her feelings on the matter. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, if you win, you're, you basically, you have wealth and food for the rest of your lives. And th- this is a, so- oh, okay. this is a society where you struggle 
to get by, just to feed yourself. Is it all Mad Maxy dystopian? Like people living in fucking like tin shelters? No, well, to some degree. In but there's a strong. Are there like, houses and are people driving cars? <laughs> no, because no one can afford to drive a car. Oh, okay. I mean, they're all they're working on the government dime. So much. rocket skates? <laughs> Not so much. Oh, okay. Anyway, no, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what '80s dystopian this, futuristic what movie I enjoy, this looks it's like. Not really, yeah. It's more of a '70s I know, dystopian exactly, yeah. future, and the movie gets that. This sounds like, like Logan's Run or something. It just yeah. gets more and more fucked up. Like that's what I enjoy the hell of it. This book, it keeps getting progressively worse and worse. This woman does not pull a single goddamn punch, and she gets a Who's billion points from name? Katniss. Katniss. Which is a plant, motherfucker. Is it? Hey, you know what? Her boyfriends it's like, like she's two boyfriends. Gail and Peta. Peter Bread. Peter Bread. That's right. Anyway. I enjoyed yeah. them. They were way better than they had ever right to be. Granted, <laughs> I enjoyed them having heard is from this everyone. Name Peter, but they just call him Peter. Well, they it's love enough far in the so future much. that words are kind of fucked up. So like morphine is not called morphine, it's called morphling. And like there are like genetically altered people or like it's these for her creatures. Exactly. I wonder birdies. I found these books very hard to read because these poor boys are such poor bitches. And she genuinely has enough shit on her plate. She's not going to worry about feelings. But they're totally like the girls in the moment. Is is Are the boys like one's the hot badass one, the one's the bookish kind of like no. gentler? No, they're both badasses. Oh, okay. It's just that one is ultimately a nurturing, quiet, reassuring badass, whereas the other one is a firebrand. It was um, like Legend of Korra a little bit, where she gets yeah. introduced to two brothers. Who, yeah. For some reason, I was thinking of like, yeah, the to nerdy, some degree. the Xander version. Versus the the, yeah. the spike, yeah, to some degree, yeah. But I I enjoyed it, and you know what? If you want to read a character, read a book where the the uh, author just fucking detonates her characters point by point. Yeah, read the. Hunger are they Games. how well written are they? Like how's the prose? I found it very jarring at first because it's written in first person present, okay. and it's very smart because you don't I'm eating know. Soup. Yeah, I walked over there. You don't. I'm walking. I am walking over there. Yeah. So it's like it's it's very mm. smart because it makes sense that it's first person present because she's present in these moments and she's mm-hmm. living from moment to moment and you don't know if she's gonna make it through the book because it just sounds like she's shouting what she's doing, <laughs> exactly. dictating to her arrest computer. It, it was really difficult for me to read it first because she's a fucking terse as hell narrator. Oh, okay. And so the book is a brisk read and that bothered me at first because I'm like, God damn it, this is like. But it's it's her voice. Her okay. voice takes a little getting used to, but I really enjoyed it and it serves the narrative well but yeah i i read the first book and it was so brutal i was like man maybe i don't want to read these books mostly because i'm like i don't want to see these poor boys be treated by poor bitches for two more books well i was like maybe i'll read the, read the wikipedia entry not and then i stopped and thought, thought about it i'm like reading the wikipedia entry will only maybe take half as much time as reading the actual yeah, books you through these books in four days these books are fucking brisk yeah i enjoyed it though are they making is uh, there any plans for other uh, hunger games books or anything Oh, and she when she, that book ends, that book is over. It's done. Oh, that yeah. series is How, over. So the movie was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was. It worked as an adaptation and as a. It's movie not going to supplant the actual the first book or anything. Well, I mean, what what adaptation supplants its source? Man, did you see how much money that thing made? It made a like a hundred, like, 50, like yeah, one hundred fifty-five million dollars. I wonder. First I wonder how much of that was three D. Uh, well, you know, it's all. But them. still, like, compare. It's just funny that like the contrast between that and like John was it John Adams of Mars. <laughs> Well, the difference is, the difference is, it's like, down, John, down. there's a, there's a generation of kids who are kind of, like, built around these event movies, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and if you get them excited, you'll get their butts in the seats. It was actually really enjoyable to go, cause, when I did, because it was a Tuesday night in Portland, and it was all full of, of kids in their late 20s and early 30s. Yeah. Just chittering. Was it a lot of girls, or? No. Hmm. 
Okay. Pretty even. I, I've always heard the Hunger Games supposed to skew to more towards ladies. Which is I don't know ridiculous. If that's just because it's got a female protagonist. Well, here's the thing, and as a female protagonist, and there is a lot of focus on fashion and makeovers to some degree, yeah. which the character. But well, that doesn't sound like it's 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 pro fashion it's and makeovers. It's also murdering just has that. everybody. Yeah, it so is it's not, not like it's suddenly pro murdering teens. It is not yeah. as pro. It is not as explicitly geared towards girls. That as sounds I feel like that, complaining um, about the Hunger Games does. being about makeovers is saying that like. Harry Potter is pro uh, shopping, and just because yeah. every Potter book starts off with everyone at Diagon Alley buying their I, shit, I, I, I'm it's not just, as harsh. Part of the thing. Yeah. I'm not inclined to be as harsh on this book as everyone else is because ultimately these books boil down to you being about people. war uh, against the state, and that is ballsy as fuck. Mm-hmm. I really, I made the joke on Twitter, and the more I think about it, the more I think it is true is that this book is pretty much a spiritual sequel to the series of unfortunate event games. Or books, because I enjoyed the series of unfortunate event books, but at their heart, those were about the fact that people, even though you can meet people, and some of them can be kind, and some of them can be good, people are fucks, and you can't trust any of them for shit, and you have to seize on the happiness with both hands why you can, because it is fleeting, and life is hell. And that's pretty much, that's the series of unfortunate events, and then that is exactly what the Hunger Games are. Uh, it doesn't make you hungry to read. <laughs> Do you want to have, like, a sandwich? Do I that? hunger? No. T- well, actually, the descriptions of food are great because a lot of it is about starvation. Yeah, it was one thing that well, really surprised me. I was wondering how much they actually play into the whole. Because well, she's starving, and this is one thing the movie kind of underplayed. Like, there's a huge part of the first book that is dealing with dehydration and starvation. Oh, okay, and it's pretty well done. I don't know. I don't want to oversell it because I enjoyed it. In the movie is there like Coca Cola? Uh, people have been making jokes about like the the ridiculous product placement you could do and yeah. Yeah. It's it's like all of our society has long since fallen. Oh, really? Okay. The only thing, my only complaint about this movie, and it's not really a complaint, I think it was actually really smart. I had heard people riffing on it online for having a lot of shaky cam shit. Tight shaky cams, no less. Yeah. And the reason why they do it is twofold, and it's smart as hell. One, it's um, uh, it's very voyeuristic. So the camera, it almost feels like a shaky cam, like observational, like CCV sort of footage, and that's deliberate because it's about people who are always being observed by their government and whose actions are always being played to a larger audience. Mm-hmm. So that's smart as hell. And two, it's also about children murdering each other, and you can't have long lingering shots of that. Yeah. The violence is actually very is smartly it filmed. Movie? It is PG thirteen, okay. even though twenty two children die. Because it's how they film it. Like, normally that makes me upset. I hate it in action movies where they film the action in such a way you can't see what's happening. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that's a shame for all those stunt work. In this movie, it totally works. The only thing I feel sad about is the poor people who are involved in the art direction. Because there's, like, you don't get to see stuff because of the way it's filmed. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, you can tell that's deliberate. Because there are a lot of establishing shots of, like... The city just kind of rushed on through. It's, yeah, like, it's yeah. like, hey, you know, maybe we couldn't do one more rendering pass on this. Let's just make it brief so, and hope for the best. Yeah, you know? it's a little effects uh, network uh, kind of uh, like. Not know, quite. You know, they did their damn best. Sci-fi and, network. And the art direction that's there is good. I I I'm sure this movie it. didn't have the world's biggest budget in the world. No, I mean, but yeah. they did a damn good job with what they had. So, way to go, Hunger Games. Man, it's I enjoyed like with, it. With, with, with this being such like. Uh, relatively futuristic dystopia where it's so far off in the future like our civilization has crumbled so it reminds me a little bit of the dark tower books because uh even though that doesn't necessarily take place in our future that is a dystopian thing where mm-hmm. it's got elements from our world that have been just been kind of like jumbled up and yeah. it's been so long since those elements were new that everyone's kind of misinterpreting what they are and stuff yeah. like that, that oh, sounds yeah. interesting and that's one of my favorite part of the dark tower books so that sounds that sounds pretty cool. Man, I should try... If, if I read the Hunger Games books, I should make you read, like, the at least, like, the first two or three 
Dark Tower books. Just to, for, for you to you, see what I like about Here's them. the thing. For your sake, I was uh, at work one day. I, I know. You told me about oh, this. I had a meeting at my fa- at the factory where we make our, where my company. Oh, this is stuff. about Shardick the Bear? Yes. I, yeah. So I picked up, I was looking at all the books. And there's the weirdest fucking selection of books at my our, our, my company's um, corporate headquarters. Because yeah. it's like a couple of Bibles, a bunch of shitty romance novels from the 80s, a bunch of like physics books. Uh-huh. And then randomly one, one, a bunch, and then a random assortment of Stephen King. So I, they had a Dark Tower book, and I was like, oh, Bill's always talking about this. And it was the shittiest shit I have ever read. It was randomly because they find a giant robot bear in the woods, and, uh, they find, and it's got a little, like, uh, There's a woman at the wheelchair in the woods, and there's, like... Oh, she ends up losing... The, the fact that she ends up having to lose the, the wheelchair becomes a big thing. Well, yeah, well, they're because they're in the goddamn woods. They've just walked out of the world of The Stand, which is our world, and they're going to this fantasy world where, like, obviously there's not that many places you can take a wheelchair. Like, that, right after that, it's yeah. it's not just... But, yeah. No, oh. that, that's about survival in a weird world. It's almost like maybe you shouldn't walk into a book series three She also time. has no legs. <laughs> I know. Um, I picked up on that. I did. Anyway, Man, that's not a good representation. Man, the second Dark Tower book is so fucking good, though. Where it's all... Man, it's too it's much all to man. get into. It's, it's all man. It's so, it's... There's crazy gunfight anyway, in a Guido hotel. Hunger Games, better than it has any right to be. Definitely goddamn heaps better than Twilight. Yeah. Worth reading. I do not regret reading it, even though I don't think it's, like... Speaking of... Oh, no, awesome. yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, the best part of the going to see Hunger Games in the theater, I enjoyed it. But uh, right before it, the weirdest assortment of trailers were presented, which really, I think, accurately oh, the portrayed the demographic. Oh, didn't really know what the hell you were doing? Well, no, 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 no. It just kind of, it really gave me a sense of the really scattered demographic that goes to see the Hunger Games movie. I think they were right. But the best part was they did show a trailer for the next Twilight movie. Oh, no. And it was just fucking awful. So, like, so it's all really abstract, because now Bella's a vampire, right? And her wedding ring is the tackiest piece of shit. It looks like something you got in your Easter basket. It is just worse. It's the size of it's an like entire a knuckle. No, it's like a big squished egg with like glitter on it. It's awful. I have to admit, I saw some photos leaked online of her as a vampire. She actually did look pretty hot. Well, no, here. Oh, goddamn! Fuck you. No, but the best part is the last shot of the they trailer. Actually did her hair is her in the woods in her, bl- her red eyes. She's just standing there <laughs> looking at the screen, she looking has red into eyes. you, I didn't see that. looking to you, the viewer. And then there's this cut to a deer. It's like. <gasps> And then cut back to her, zoomed into her, and I think she actually does something like licks her lips. And then cut back to the deer that looks all startled. They come back to her, and it's great. And then it goes black, and it's like, it. Breaking Dawn Part 2. And I just turn to my wife, and I go, she's going to fuck that deer. <laughs> she is going to so go to town. She's going to raw dog that deer. <laughs> she's got this vampire strap on. She bought her... Uh, her what, it sparkles. Well, yeah, the sparkle with it. You're supposed to dip in cold water. <laughs> Oh man! Anyway, Hunger did Games, Hunger Games. Wow. What did you do, Bill? Now that your tongue is operating. What else did you do this week? That um, was it. Hunger Games. I consumed and... a lot of Hunger Games, Bill. Um, I decided I got a wild hair to replay Bioshock because I haven't played Bioshock since it came out. Yeah. And since then, I've become a much better gamer and a much more skilled first-person shooter player. And I'm like, oh well, you know, I want to replay it, and it's such a seminal game, and I have very fond memories of it. And I thought, well, and now I'm a better gamer, and I have my wife there for me. Maybe it won't freak me out as much. Man, I got like 15 minutes in. I turned it off. I forgot how fucking what scary part did that you get game to is. Got freaked out? Very, very. I know the, the whole game is fucked up. Just that scary, atmosphere like, yeah. is so. Okay, messed I don't know if there was a specific up. event. The only thing I remember 
remember from the very beginning of the game, it's really fucked up when uh, after immediately after you oh, do yeah. the whole uh, submersible thing when you get out and you, well, even before you get out, your submersibles are being attacked by yeah, the being bad guys, by and you have to get out. And you don't know if you're going to be attacked and stuff. You yeah, know? I mean the atmosphere in the game is crazy for being 2007 because it cracks me up. I remember okay, that game, five year old game, and Mass Effect came out like almost on top of each other. Yeah. I want to say, and it's so funny because yeah, I just was, replayed was the first fall, Mass that Effect. That one fall where they all came out. It's yeah. also hilarious because um, I don't know if you remember this. There was one piece of DLC for Mass Effect, Bring Down the Sky, which was about four hours worth of content, 80 Microsoft points, which is a dollar. The one bit of DLC that's out for the original Bioshock is free. Do you remember those days, friends? Yeah. Days where DLC what, what was is free. The DLC for the original game? Because I don't think I ever played it. It's like a plasmid. Oh, that's it? Plasmid thing. Like oh, it's not even like a stage that aren't or in the game. Like that. Yeah. No, it's just plasmid Because I don't see stuff. how you could squeeze in another stage well, in the Bioshock. Well, I think Bioshock. it's the implication in the language is, oh, this is for all you who find the game too hard. And I'm like, me, 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 over here, over here. Like, I'm, I'm the one online going, God mode. Is there a fucking God mode? Because Jesus Christ. I want to replay this game, but this game scares the shit out of me. Hmm. Oh, I thought I could get my wife to play it. I just watch her play but she got as freaked out as like, I did. I, hopefully you shouldn't give up. You should keep Oh, on, no, I want to replay it. Before. It's and like... I just bought Bioshock 2. It just arrived yesterday. No. So I got to I want to replay it. I'm curious it. to see if that's any good. Because I've heard people say it was it was okay for what it was trying to do, but it's not nearly as interesting. It's always got to be hard to follow on the heels of something like that. Yeah. It's like to the same degree like um, uh, like Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 3. It's like there you have to kind of give them... A bone to some degree for having to be basically an add-on to an existing franchise that's so seminal like that when it's a totally different team and it's not even technically a new iteration it's really just like a point you know 1.5 sort of thing it's not really a two. more of an expansion pack then as a whole yeah. new sequel or anything i mean i'll see I'll, I'll i'll play bioshock 2 and i'll let you know what i think if i can have if i can find the stones to finish <laughs> bioshock one is the, bio, is the first bioshock game even that long I can't remember. I don't think so. Yeah. What cracks me up though is that Bill, like... do you remember a day when video games weren't thought to be, uh, weren't necessarily assumed to be on a uh, high definition TV? Oh, why would happen? Well, no, it's just funny because like they're little things like the logo isn't quite as rendered as it might be. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, it's just not quite as polished. And, yeah. and I remembered the first time I played that game, it was on a standard definition TV. I really like the logo though. Worth Where it's kind of like light shining on the Bioshock logo and the logo oh, and the water stripping down. Stuff. It's brilliant. The, the design sound in that, in that game. game is great. Oh, it's all perfect. Why do you think it scared the shit out of me? The only flaw with that game is the captions. I always play games with captions on because I have trouble hearing it without seeing someone's mouth move mm-hmm. or without seeing words. I, I can't. I miss a lot, and um, the, the the captions in that game will show a full five seconds ahead of the dialogue and then fade maybe up to so three seconds. So it's like really it's hastily kind of taped in. Well, captions, it's like it's yeah. like I see the future. I see the future, which is helpful because if I sneak up on a splicer and they're saying something crazy, I get to see everything they're saying before they say it and shoot them preemptively. So, but in the conversations with Atlas and stuff, yeah, that's kind of well. That up. tends to be pretty on top, but it's just kind of interesting. Hey, you said you bought uh, Saints Row Three too. Yes, it yeah, will be arriving on Monday. What kind of character are you gonna play as? Because you can play as any race, not even any race, but you can play as like you could be a metallic skinned fat guy with like a silver afro. Man, I can't wait to see what your impressions of Saints Row 3 is. I Because I did play with the character creator. Yeah? I'm going to tell you right oh, now, it's because a dude with a big old dong. That's what I'm going to play. Because why not? <laughs> you have to post screenshots of whatever character you make online. I think you can you can go to the, their website oh, yeah, and no, see the when, character. When I posted uh, screenshots of my fat Mexican wrestler guy, 
fat black. It was, was kind of like Wesley Willis if you were a Mexican wrestler, space hero. Uh, I, yeah, that, that that's how I got the sc- uh, screenshots for that. Because, you know, you can't take screenshots with the Xbox. Yeah. Um. Well, the Hunger Games stuff, I was thinking, like, you were talking about how the Hunger Games lady, she's end up, she ends up being supplied with two dudes she's supposed to choose from romantically. Yeah. kind of got me thinking about the Legend of Korra stuff. Because the second yeah. episode of Legend of Korra... It Why sets up. is this going to segue into us talking about Legend of Korra? Well, yeah, spoilers, if you haven't seen uh, the first two the, episodes of Legend of Korra, they're both yeah. online. Well, not anymore. At least not legally. Because uh, Coronation.com, which every time I say it out loud, I remember it's a pun. Um, Coronation.com oh, yeah. released the first two episodes of the show for free yeah. on was Saturday and Sunday. Week? Oh, that was it? Yeah, it was a, a temporary thing, and then they took them down. Uh, did you see... Well, uh, would uh, I don't know if you care. Would you want an act the actual like good HD copy of the files of the, for those first? Let's two talk episodes? about this piracy. I'm just on saying. The I'm, podcast, I'm, I'm no, but then, I'm just. Saying. I actually have made a pact to not torrent anymore. No, this isn't even torrented. Somebody, it was on Reddit. You're right. It's a legally purchased copy of a TV show. I'm not doing any sort of legal file sharing anymore. I'm making, like, I'm just, I, I made the decision I'm not going to do that anymore. I will mail Nickelodeon $20. <laughs> um, it's hard. Th- I'll see how I hold up to that. No, I, with, I'm pretty, um, I, like, uh, I, well, I mean, I made that decision with Game of Thrones. It's like, I, I just feel gross doing it. And it's like, I, the way I justified it to myself was like, well, I can't get it legally. And that's just not, I feel gross doing it. I will not bit, bit torrent, but I'll do the thing if someone will upload something like the media, media, media fire, or media share, or stuff like that. Like, or if someone's just hosting something on their own website, I'll just download it directly. But nothing where I'm like, you know, doing the whole thing where like everyone's trading the, you know. I, I, just, I just feel. Not, not, that's not a moral thing. That's also just well, like. Well, no, I know. But the more I think about it, the more uncomfortable I feel with it. Because I've gotten to a point in my life where I can afford shit, so I'd rather just buy it. And if it's something that's not legally available, then Let's I put it this way. Somebody had an HD download of the first two core episodes. Well, it was all streaming online. It doesn't take much work to get Which, it. Which, you know, as... But I'm assuming that should be up on iTunes, too. I Once hope happens, so. I'll just buy the season pass for that, too. It's not like I'm averse to paying for God, that God, I hope so. Um, same thing with Mad Men. Men oh, Men man. I didn't want to give week. these people my money. They just need to let that's me. What, that's why Game of Thrones drives me fucking bonkers. Did you see at, on Xbox... The Xbox, they just uh, started up the, the, the HBO, HBO Go. Go. But yeah. the HBO Go is worthless unless you already subscribe to HBO. I actually was thinking about going to a friend of mine who has HBO and figuring oh, out so if I could give her... I'm like, HBO Go? Well, well, you can't really. It's linked to that. account. I was tempted to say, hey, you know what? I will pay you 10 bucks a month if you let me use your HBO Go account on my Xbox. Yeah. I don't think it works like that. I think it reads... It, I'm sure they've to, had to think about it. Yeah. I'm sure I'm, they... They probably they, have... They, the whatever connection. No, 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 they can't look at whatever connection you have. Because I, I assumed it was going to be like the Xfinity stuff. But this is bullshit. Like, your only option, if you want to watch Game of Thrones anytime before next spring, is to pirate it. If you don't have HBO. Or you buy HBO. That's literally the point. The point is you buy HBO. You know, HBO costs like 100 bucks a month or yeah. whatever. Yeah. That's what they want you to do. It's their unreasonably expensive service that they want you to buy. And that is why they have this crazy high quality This is one of the few things I think it's actually kind of justified bit warning. That's I, it. I'm, I'm doing that. That's fine. The IRS are coming after me. And I don't. But I'm just saying, I totally get that. And that was the excuse. Says I the used. guy who you know I have I I had copies of Game of Thrones, but then I went ahead and just bought the Blu-ray. I I mean I I did torrent last. Yeah. That was the only thing I torrented last year. I did torrent Game of Thrones, and I also went out and bought the, I bought the Blu-ray as soon as it's available. But yeah. the more I thought about it, like I said it out loud, it's like to someone I'm like, "Well, you want to watch Game of Thrones?" And I was, and I felt gross. 
I felt gross. I don't think I could do it anymore. Okay. It's taking money out of someone's pocket. Granted, also, it's money. Also, you read the books too, so you know. It's and I not am like kind of emotionally done with Game of Thrones, which will be great for us to talk about. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Legend of Korra a little bit. No, so Legend yeah, the of Korra. First, so yeah, uh, yeah. First two episodes of Legend of Korra went live last week. They were weekend. legally available on the internet. Yeah. So of course I watched them too. What'd you think? Oh, it was really good. And I thought it was solid as hell. Uh, the only thing I was bummed about was the second episode is uh, about pro... Was it pro-bending? Uh, pro-bending. Which Which was, is like the sport that is uh, uses bending. Yeah, which was kind of a take on... Uh, was it Toffs? Uh, spoilers for anyone who's not seen the original uh, Avatar The Last Airbender show. Cause we're and really, we've been easy. telling you to watch this show for like a couple you of episodes You should have at least gotten now. up to the second season where Toph shows up by now. Let's put it that way. You had more than enough time. Anyway, uh, the pro-bending uh, stuff was kind of like how Toph was first introduced, where she's a pro-earthbender. Uh, in yeah. the Earth Kingdom, and there's kind of this whole like WWF wrestling thing going yeah. on, which I like. I thought that was cool. I was a little bummed that the pro bending thing in the second episode of Legend of Korra wasn't didn't have some kind of weird take on it. It was the the sport itself just seemed kind of boring. I was I, was, I thought that like the sport itself could have been more interestingly. Well, I mean, it was it was a sport. I don't know, but it was it just was an actual like, sport. Man, just fighting. Like there's so much person like the what is it, the boulder from. Uh, it was just, I mean, that was just wrestling. The but wrestling, with, but then the, the fighters actually had real character. Like, you had the boulder guy who's like, I will not fight was, a little girl. Rock, yeah. Yeah, who was, yeah, it was a takeoff on the rock. And he's like, the boulder will not fight a little girl. And then he gets his ass kissed and goes, the boulder will reconsider kicking the little girl's ass. That was great. I wish there was something a little more. Well, to be fair, they just set it up. I know. I'm just saying. They weren't yeah, no, seriously, Legend of Portland was fucking badass. The first episode was fantastic. I really liked that the one brother's name was Mako. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's a nod to who, uh, which, did Uncle the Iroh's voice of Uncle Iroh, who yeah, passed he died. away during the production. Um, that's the only other thing, Great. too, is the, the whole romantic subplot was a little just... You crack me up. What teenage romance is nuanced or, like, layered? To be dude. fair, the rom- romantic subplot between... There isn't even... A, that, that's kind of the terrible thing. The ro- a quote-unquote romantic subplot between... Uh, Katara and, and Aang, Aang, which was also shoehorned in. Well, not even shoehorned. There really wasn't one. We could and then probably there was. Aang was kind of like pining her for, throughout the series, and suddenly sort they're dating of? at the end of the series. Yeah, yeah exactly. That was that wasn't even shoehorned as much as it magically happened. Who shows up to Avatar for the romance? <sighs> I know. Hopefully, Weirdos. this will be more of a better. I, I I don't know. I, don't I enjoy know. what they set up because it, it has. No, been... no, 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 no. It's not like I can't complain because it's the second episode. Of, like, I like that. The, did the... you see that they've already been cleared for a second season? Oh, have this they? Is, yeah, awesome. it's, this sounds like it's going to be just like the first Avatar series. What's going to? They already came out and said they they have plans for three books, which is what yeah. the first. Yeah. I like that the 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 chief of police in the city was this badass lady cop. That's Toph's daughter. Who's Toph's daughter? Yeah, and she's got like a scar. Oh my god, she's bad. The best moment in the, in the first two episodes is when she has to let go of Leg- uh, Korra, and uh, Korra's walking out with uh, Tenzin, and yeah. like like. Uh, and uh, she's like, "I see you," like that hand gesture. And then Korra makes Korra her just face. does it back. And then- yeah, in the most yeah. ridiculous way. It's amazing. Oh, that was one thing I really enjoyed about the Hunger Games. Not to go back to that real quick. No, it's fine. You repeatedly see women in prominent positions of power oh, in the rebellion. Cool. Yeah, like when you hear about someone who is a um, uh, like a soldier or like any sort of political leader, they are just as likely to be a woman as okay, they are very men, cool. if yeah. not more so. 
which is badass. Is there anything about uh, baby making? Well, no, because it sounds like the world is... It's not like we're worried about repopulating the world. Well, actually, to some degree, yes. But the protagonist explicitly never wants to have children because of the fucking games. Why have a child if she's going to be sent off to the games? You know, who could do that to another person? Is the last line of the book, every day is a hunger game? (laughs) Sort of, actually. Oh, really? Sort of. It just seems like that, if you're going to end it, Kind oh, of. Oh God! So I can write the hunger, ga- hunger games from everything what you just told me about. It's it's oh. not not quite, but sort of. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, um, yeah, the Legend of Korra. Man, it's so Legend of Korra was great. It's, it the score was quickly. great. I love the, the, the like in the, the original uh, Avatar: Last Airbender series. This whole thing about Aang, whether or not he should tell people he's the Avatar. And yeah. Stuff. This this gets solved literally thirty seconds out of the gate, where she's like a kid and she's like all fire, but I'm the Avatar. <laughs> you gotta deal with it. <laughs> Because it's it's kind of brilliant. It is very clearly set in the same world, both literally and tonally and yeah. spiritually. It feels like it, but it's totally a different narrative. Like they're riffing on totally different tropes than they were in the first time around. I'm yeah. so impressed. This already by feels it. like what if like what more Star Wars movie should have been was set in that world. Yeah, and kind of the same idea of kind of like Jedi badasses, but like told in a different and interesting way that's yeah. just a, with a different spin on. And Tenzin's cool. It's voice actor. What's his name with the lemons? Yeah. Yeah. And old Katara. I, I saw old Katara. And she mentions oh, yeah. her. She, she looks just like her grandma. Yeah. Oh, Granny and the yeah. real loopies. Yeah. And then she, she mentions about how her brother and all of her friends are gone. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, Sokka. Yeah. What yeah. happened to Sokka? But yeah. well, then you have to worry about like, what happened to Sokka is like, his wife, yeah. I'm assuming he, his wife was what's his, what's her face from the, well you know, well I don't want to pull into this. It's the same thing we were talking about last week where we just assume that everyone just got married. <laughs> everyone, but they were dating. I think that's a fairly safe assumption. Um, although if Sokka got hitched to what's her face, the uh, Kyoshi warrior lady, yeah. where would they live? Would they live on Kyoshi Island or would she drive? Are you kidding? Sokka is whooped as fuck. They would live wherever she says. Uh, I guess they're close enough to the the uh, Southern Water Tribe. That, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, let's just... Because Aang, Aang and Katara probably lived in capital Republic City until Katara, when Aang dies, Katara moved back home. That's how I You think that's what it that. is? Yeah. Because oh, okay. why would she stay in a city that's trying to Well, it's Aang? also interesting, too, because I like the, the villain they have set up for this is not necessarily wrong. Whatever, like, the, the, the thing they set up where he's all anti-bending because Yeah, that's... it's a nice parallel with Anonymous sort of thing. Yeah. He's got the mask and everything. And, of course, I'm sure it's going to be a big thing. You're going to find out why his face got fried off. And God knows, probably Aang did it, like, 20 years earlier or something like that, where he's going to be responsible for the death of Aang and the creation of, of Korra and blah, 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 blah. But, no, yeah, Bolin. Was it Bolin and uh, Mako? There's the two brothers that show up. They're cool. I like them. And it's good. Yeah, and Avatar. I'm just excited that more Avatar exists because that shit is good shit. It's well animated. Man, it looks it's thought it, out. Yeah, it definitely did get a budget. Uh, just all like the music was great. Man, yeah, no, it's got like, like old 1920s jazz shit. And sh- oh man. Anyway, Legend of Korra, man. People watching. We're poops. Um, Mad Men came back this week. You don't care about Mad Men. Dripper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, how much Mad Men have you ever tried to watch? I, I watched tried to watch it. four episodes, and it was so crippling, depressing, I gave up. Yeah, Mad Men is the quintessential slow burn, where you pretty much have to get into the second season for it to really kind of kick in. Well, the, the, the most, the, the least interesting part of Mad Men is Don Draper, the main character. And they really don't start fleshing out all the secondary characters until the second season, so... Uh, yeah, that first season, it's not bad, it's just... Fuck Don Draper. I just, I, I like, at the end of the day, I like smiling... 
And I'm willing to read things that are sad. Please see The Hunger Games. This new episode but... of Mad Men does just, uh, suggest in the next episode they're going to have a black character finally on the fucking show. The show's been on have for five years now. Have they never had an African-American It's a bunch of people living in a uh, working... Oh, why would they? Yeah. I, they, they've, there's been more uh, jabs and jokes about uh, gays than there's ever been any kind of talk about blacks on Mad Men. There's been some talk about racial relations uh, on Mad Men, but race has been so out of everyone's uh, 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 frame of reference on the show that, yeah, it just hasn't really been that much of a conversation. Hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this latest episode, the first episode of Season 5 of Mad Men sets up that the uh, advertising firm that everyone works for has embarrassed themselves into having to hire. Uh, oh, a black receptionist. Oh, there we go. And so it's not even the yeah. Like, again, even they're gonna well, they're gonna hire a black person, but it's not gonna yeah. be like a creative person or anything like that. But I don't know. It is the show has the, when the show starts off. It starts off in 1960, mm-hmm. and now they're up to 1965, and so race is becoming more of an issue. You know, sure. it's getting into the mid to late 60s. It cracks me up because when people talk about Mad Men, they talk about how 50s it is. Well, it really was. That's all I know about Mad Men. It was pulling the. Well, it's because you got people who were living years behind the curve because they're all upper class Manhattan. It's not like decades actually indicate any sort of change in styles explicitly. I mean. But it just cracks me up. It's like, oh, it's either like 50s, you know? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. One of the episodes of Roger Sterling, uh, one of the older guys on the show, uh, he ends up getting married and for his, like, pre wedding party. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up uh, getting all dolled up in blackface, Ooh. and which is funny because all the older people there and everything through, they're all having a great fucking time. And that yeah. episode took place in like was like nineteen sixty three. Yeah, and it's great because the the younger people there mm-hmm. are a little bit like, especially uh, one of the, uh, the the secondary characters. Uh, He's uh, he's kind of portrayed as almost kind of like a villain at the beginning of the show. Yeah. But he's young enough still. He realizes how this uh, blackface show is not a good thing. <laughs> and it's just a subtle yeah. thing where you can just the younger generation. It's not like he doesn't like uh, black people any more than anyone else does. But he, did, he does understand that how like racially and socially tone deaf a minstrel yeah. show is. Yeah. In the sixties, and uh, it's just like it's just really subtle shades of, of racism and. I don't know. It's 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 Mad Men's not. It's it's good. No, it's I just, I see its value. I see its qualities. Don't get me wrong. I just it like is smiling. Subtle and slow as fuck. And like I said, main characters. And man, Don Draper. Everyone's no one was really uh, ecstatic about the the show coming back because last season was ended on a real wet fart where Don Draper, the main character, he suddenly gets engaged to this hot lady out of the blue for no reason whatsoever. Cause she hot. And she's Canadian, French Canadian. Oh, she's she super hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But she's got no real personality, but in this one, she does this, like, crazy song. Does she, she have sings. boobs? No, kind of. She has, like, B-cups. <laughs> Why, is this the thing? No, no, no. Um, I was just making a joke. What the hell was I going to say? Oh, she sings a, a fucked up French song. What the hell was I going to say about her? About something... She's French-Canadian. Now she's interesting because of I had a point to make about her. X. No one was excited about Mad Men coming back because... Peggy's under- there. I just suddenly <laughs> got to thinking about Peggy. Peggy. What's her name? It's the daughter from the yeah, West Yeah, from West she's Wing. Good. Yeah. Man, anyway. So, <laughs> I had a point. Oh, she's really pretty. Except now because it's jumped ahead like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, now she's dressed more like like mid to late 60s stuff. Mm-hmm. And man, like when people start wearing like blue eyeshadow and wearing like 60s styles, that will make any pretty person look fucking ugly. She, now she's got like whatever makeup they do to her. She's got a cheese grater face. <laughs> and she's supposed to be super hot, but she's just, oh. Man, 60s fashion and makeup and stuff was not good for ladies. Not so much. The 50s. 
at least that was kind of the default, like, feminine standard. It wasn't good if you were in it. I'm just I know, saying. I'm just saying, but just Any look outfit at... that requires that much infrastructure. Yeah. But boy, man. howdy. 60s fashion for women. Though I have to admit, the older terrible. I get, the more I enjoy infrastructure. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but Jesus Christ. Uh, you, you're using a lot of duct tape these days? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rip. Um, um, so the other thing that happened to me this week is so my wife upgraded her iPad from an iPad 1 to an iPad 3. You bought a corset? I... What is this infrastructure? Are you actually, like, wearing a girdle? Well, like, girdles and fucking, like, nicer undergarments and, like, fucking shit. Yeah, because that's, that stuff no one wants to ever admit to, like, I actually spent money on, you know, the numbers. Yeah. I do not yet have a girdle, but give me a couple of years. What is a girdle? Is that for, wait, is that just, is that for, uh, for the bottom or that, is that for the waist? Depends. Because girdle sounds like an old people thing. I'm like, what is, because, like, girdle, that's not like a bra, right? Well, I mean, it's, there are all sorts of obscure undergarments. Exactly. It could be for anything. Exactly, Bill. Um, anyway, I'm going to continue my story. My, my wife upgraded to an iPad 3, and I upgraded <laughs> my touch um, from uh, the first-gen touch to a current-gen touch. You're all gleaming brand-new futuristic shit, and yeah. So now the thing is is that we got, we're got we now able to have the most up-to-date iOS, mm-hmm. and so we have messages on here. The, oh, the, yeah. All I have been using it for is to send her pictures of cats. 100% seven hour, like 24 hours a day cat pictures. I, I just went in to send her a cat picture as you were talking about Mad Men, because I can't be fucked to listen to Mad Men. And I realize I have... Let's see. <laughs> One. I have 27 pictures of cats that I've sent her since March 23rd. So, Kid Icarus. There's something I deeply, I'm deeply interested about. So this is a sequel to a Nintendo game? Yeah! Have you never heard of the original Kid Icarus? I know of Kid Icarus. Uh, Kid Icarus was a terrible game uh, published by Nintendo. It was like 1985, 1986. Uh, it was not... It was programmed by not the A-Team. It was not like yeah. a Shigeru Miyamoto game. I think it was actually put together by the same guys who did Metroid. Um, yeah, no, they just came out with the, the 3DS sequel. It's really funny! The controls are terrible because it's essentially kind of like a flying game, kind of like Star Fox. Yeah. Uh... But it was obviously designed to be kind of like a twin stick uh, shooting game because it's a flying shooting game. One one stick should be for you know moving your character around, the other one should be moving the reticle around and shooting. But the 3DS only comes with one stick, and so yeah. you have to do this lobster claw thing where you have to move Aww. the character with your thumb stick, shoot with your f- uh, the the trigger finger of the same hand that you're moving the character with, mm. and then uh, you're shooting and aim- aiming with the stylus on the screen. Yeah. And it's just... Well, you're just, shooting and aiming? Yeah. Ew. And it's just like this lobster claw thing you have to do. But uh, the controls are terrible, but like the game is actually... It's the rare, actual, well-written Nintendo game. Really? Uh, it's fully voiced. In fact, it's so huh. fully voiced, you have the main character, Pit, uh, who you're playing as, uh, talking to the, the the goddess of light, Petalina, that he's mm-hmm. working for. Petalina is essentially the god in this world, and you're out to destroy Medusa, Medusa, who in this warped version of Greek mythology is Satan, essentially. She's okay. rising up the underworld against the, 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 the goddess of light. and so you, Sure, like Medusa does. Yeah, so you're sent down to destroy all of uh, Medusa's forces. And, uh, but yeah, you're talking to the guy, goddess of light lady you, you're working for the whole, like, literally not just, like, in cutscenes and stuff, but the whole time in the action of the game while you're shooting stuff, like, your character, the, the goddess of light and Pit are just constantly talking and, uh, and cracking wise about shit in the game. Yeah. And they're both completely, uh, in on the, they're totally clued in the fact they're in a game. So yeah. So they're constantly breaking the fourth wall about, like, oh my god, you should get that power up. What's this power do? I don't know. <laughs> and, like, 
both pigs. So the it's just incessant like, chattering. Yeah, they're both old. They're both fully voiced, and they're both not very good at their jobs. Because uh, Pit, the, the flying kid, he can't fly for very long, and the goddess is kind of always screwing up stuff. And so they're always just kind of like these two misfits, just kind of yapping each other for the whole game. Yeah. And it's very cute. Oh, that's clever. The, the writing is very clever. Uh, there's just little stuff. Well, she's well, we're, we're, uh, Petalina will be like, oh, I got, I got you this magic superpower pit. And he's like, oh, wow. Oh, this, oh, good. This is like a sprint. I can run as much as I want. And she's like, oh, no. If you ran all as much as you want, you would be able to run past all the enemies and there would be no game. <laughs> and so nope. uh, you can only sprint limited. And he's like, oh, goddamn. Balanced gameplay. Got me again. And it's just, it's, just, it's just really cute writing. And But yeah, they talk throughout the whole game. But they, it's, it's, it's really... The graphics are good. There's a lot of stuff to do. It's sure. just a really pretty game. It's nicely. It's a nice little package. Huh. Um, it's put together by the guy who does Super Smash Brothers games. Oh, really? And those games have a lot of crazy, weird collecting and gambling in those games. In Super like, Smash Brothers? Yeah, because in Super Smash Brothers games, in, in Kid Icarus, uh, there's different ways to earn money. And in between games and, and, and stages, both in Kid Icarus and Smash Brothers, you can uh-huh. take that money and gamble it to see how well you do in, the sta- in a stage. And the more money you gamble, the more difficult the stage becomes. But if you clear the stage without dying, you get extra money to buy weapons and guns and stuff like that. And there's a whole hmm. weapons crafting thing in Kid Icarus. Interesting. And uh, even the presentation is really cool because it's this blend of more modern, very kind of graphic design. The menus are very bold and clear-cut and very cartoonally designed in a yeah. way that you don't see in a lot of games these days. And even the terminology they use for, like, the multiplayer mode, instead of being called multiplayer, it's just called together, and it's just a little picture of two people smiling next to each other. Yeah. It's very cute. Aww. And, uh... And it's, and it's kind of got that mixed with, like, whenever you see an enemy from the old uh, 8-bit uh, Kid Icarus games, it'll have, like, a little animated gif of that old 8-bit version of the character on the bottom screen, while the new version shows up on the top screen. Oh, seriously? And it's just kind of great, like... Aww. mix of of the new and the old in a way that Nintendo rarely ever does. I'm like, yeah. the writing is really clever and the voice work is actually really good. It doesn't Aww. have that much of an amazing story. You're essentially yeah. just fighting monsters and stuff. But yeah, it's 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 uncontrollable, terrible <laughs> to play. Sure. But it's fun to like ingest the like uh, dialogue and stuff like that. But yeah, I've been playing that. That's something pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of watching the Twilight Zone and stuff too, but yeah, man, right? What are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. Annie's bored by her own <laughs> podcast. What are you doing? What are you gonna say about Kid Icarus? That sounds really great, though. You love Kid Icarus. That sounds really awesome. It's Greek. You stuff. know what? You were you very polite when I was talking about Hunger Games. <laughs> so I can't so read Hunger Games. I love Team Pita. This is great because I am actually interested in reading Hunger Games, but I have to play it off like I don't want to read Hunger Games, so I can browbeat you and like, oh, I'm reading Hunger Games, so now you have to read or play something of mine now. Brum, brum, and here's the thing: I'm asking you to read this breezy book that'll know, take you four I days know. to consume, if that. And you're asking me to read some Stephen King bullshit. Just the first three books. Even you admit his bullshit. Ultimate Dark Tower's bullshit. <laughs> I should make you read it. Or at no. least the good halves of a good, a good. No. Well, there's not even a good half of it. The good quarter <sighs> of it. Which would only be like 800 pages. Ah. Anyway, no. so that's what we did this week. Uh, we're going to do the Geek Week in Review real quick. Um, this actually, this news came out when we were recording the podcast last week. We never got a chance yeah, to talk about, about endings. it. Uh, Glenn Keane left Disney. Yeah, Glenn Keane, like, who's been with Disney almost 40 years now. I didn't realize it's been 40 years. Because Glenn Keane didn't really rise to prominence within Disney, at least as far as... Uh, 
the public knew until, was it, The Little Mermaid? I think that was when he came into the public. Well, he he animated he, Ariel. Yeah, right? I think that was the first time he actually was, uh, he animated uh, the lead character in a Disney yeah, film. Yeah, or he was the primary, the lead animator. Yeah, for those who don't know, Glenn Keane was pretty much Disney's greatest animator of the last, like, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he did Beast and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, he did all the major characters for most of Disney's major films. He did mm-hmm. uh, Aladdin and Aladdin. He did Tarzan and Tarzan. He did Pocahontas and Pocahontas. Yeah. Um, he did all the major characters. I guess he did work on Treasure Planet because they were talking about that was one of the yeah, last he two did, things he did. He did um, Captain um, or, um, uh, Long John. He did oh, Long okay. John Silver. Well, wasn't he part of CGI too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That, actually, there was some really neat features. He's the best two D hand drawn animator. Yeah. It's funny they would fuse that character with like see Now yeah. you're putting the uh, touch away. And yeah, talking. yeah. <laughs> Relevant to my interest. Oh, did I mention um, they put out a new Clue Clue Land game <laughs> this week? <laughs> No. Uh, Shut up, you moon. But no, yeah, Glenn Keane, well, it's the weirdest thing is uh, he never directed at Disney. He was just an animator. Well, he was going to... Um, Until, yeah. Tangled was going to be his debut. The CGI movie Tangled that came out a well, couple I'm years pretty, ago. Correct me if I'm wrong. When they originally, originally pitched it, it was going to be 2D. Was it? And then they're like, oh, it was during Disney's whole thing, like, with American Dog and shit. Oh, that's where right. Where they were like, oh, well, we're going to do 3D that I looks like watercolor. Yeah, I only heard about... Uh, his Rapunzel movie in conjunction with America, Chris Sanders' American Dog. Uh, Chris Sanders, he's the guy who directed um, Lilo, Lilo and Stitch. And, Stitch. Yeah. and then he was going to do a CGI feature called American Dog, which was going to be this, just a little, it was going to be a CGI movie about this dog who gets lost in the American... Uh, I remember them releasing, like, concept paintings. Like, and they look what, gorgeous. It was, like, not concept paintings. It was, like, like final, like, their goal for the final stage. Well, what that's it called. Like, it was, like, Chris Sanders' art, but, like, CGI rendered, kind of, like, painting and, and Yeah, like, and very watercolor-y. And, yeah. yeah, that's what they're shooting for bless their hearts and that movie got turned into was a blasto yeah not blasto <laughs> that's what i was about to say though you know blasto um, some it's another movie about a dog but it was completely the creative team uh, got totally turned uh into there's been a weird amount of that in the last like 15 years it sounds in like something's going on well especially at disney ever since uh john lasseter took over it seems like there's a lot of churn uh, in terms of like, do you remember how pumped everybody was when John Lasseter took over? And like, man, here comes 2D animation again, everybody! Yay! And what is it? We got even Pixar's hasn't been doing that good. So we have Cars two, which apparently was competent. It was competent. You and not I were not great. the demographic for that. And there was the the Black Princess. Oh man, Frog Princess. And post. Po- <laughs> I just watched, I just watched an episode of Thirty oh. Rock right before he showed up, and they're proof that racism in America was over because <laughs> that now there's a Black Disney princess. <laughs> Um, um, I still I couldn't make it thirty minutes into black. To, you got me to say it, <laughs> God damn it! Black the frog princess. Oh, I couldn't oh. do it. Um, yeah, no, they did the Winnie the Pooh movie, which was supposed to be good. Oh, you know what? I should check that out because I haven't seen that. Out about this Cleo one. worked on that. Yeah. Oh, really? What'd yeah. you do? I think she was a storyboard artist on oh. that. Oh. Anyway, and um, uh, so so anyway, so yeah, man. going back to Rapunzel, Glenn Keane was going to make a CGI Rapunzel movie, which he was going to make look like. Like what, like a 17th century kind of oil painting? Yeah, that like was they, his goal. They, that's another thing where they put out concept paintings of what they were hoping to make the movie look like. Yeah, and it really did just look like, uh, like a Cezanne, like an old masters, yeah, yeah, uh, painting, but with just like kind of Disney style figures and stuff like that. But the lighting and everything with and the yeah. textures would be very painterly and very kind of, uh, just 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 gorgeous. Yeah, and uh, something happened where supposedly that project super stalled. 
like story-wise and stuff, they just couldn't get together. Because, you know, Glenn Keeney, this is going to be his first directorial project at Disney, yeah. but supposedly the story wasn't coming together. Pretty much everything yeah. you would expect when you have an animator becoming a story guy, or it was a directing movie who maybe not that good at story, he's good at bringing people life, but yeah. not really familiar with writing or anything like that. And then he got yanked off the project, and yeah. then it got turned into Tangled. Well, he was still working to some degree. Well, because he was he like a consultant thing. Yeah, like a year or two before the movie came out, they announced that they were going to completely change the creative team behind the project, and they said he would still be involved in the movie, but he's no longer directing. Yeah. But that he had some kind of like sickness that would keep him from directing. Yeah, they implied so it was a health be, thing. Yeah, some, like I know, I've since heard that he supposedly he had a heart attack. Yeah. Or whether or not he had a heart it. attack was just something Disney floated out there just to kind of as an excuse as to why they were yanking him off this project. There was a really neat featurette that showed how basically the way he would give notes to the animators, yeah. he would take their, their um, scenes and... And he would go in and he'd use a Cintiq and he'd sketch over it. Oh, okay. He'd show like, no, 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 you need to show this exaggeration of movement here and get this character. And it was really fascinating to watch because the little elements that he adds are just gives, I mean, it was a master work. Mm. It was totally hypnotic. But anyway, so this guy, yeah, he uh, was... He is one of the finest animators of our, our generation. He's the best next... He's the next best thing to D- uh, Disney's Nine Old Men that there's been working at the studio since yeah. those guys left or died, like, yeah. 50 years ago. Uh, but, yeah, he... Uh, the Rapunzel movie got taken away from him and turned into Tangled. And no one had heard anything about him since then. Everyone knew he was yeah. still working at Disney, but no one knew what he was working on. But then just, yeah, last Friday he announced that he was leaving Disney altogether. 40, almost 40 years. No one knows if he's retiring or if he's going to go off and do something else. The implication, he said that, he's like, there are all these opportunities available in animation, and I'm going to go explore some more. I saw some people already clamoring, like, we should do a Kickstarter for Glenn Keane. Seriously? And, and produce his next film. And because because oh, you have these animation geeks who saw what they what happened with Double Fine and that Kickstarter thing, and they don't understand that like you would need like hundred million dollars to make a big big motion picture yeah. like well at least yeah. a Disney caliber feature. And so hopefully he'll still end up doing something, but he's I don't an know. amazing dude, and I I wish animation were easier. Yeah. At the end of the day, because there's so many amazing animators. Well, filmmaking and so is such a collaborative effort, and yeah. anim- did animation even more so. A billion degrees more so. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So he's gone. Uh, speaking of Disney artists, uh, there's a box set of flip books coming out this fall containing animations from each of Di- Disney's Nine Old Men. That's brilliant. This, it's a cube of books. And yeah, e- each flip book is, uh, I-, I don't know if it's a single animation per animator. Uh, but Disney's Nine Old Men, these were the nine uh, chief animators who were responsible for all the Disney classic films. from Everything from Snow White up until, like, no, Mary, not Mary Poppins, but, like, what, The Jungle Book? Yeah. Yeah, mid-60s stuff for that 30-year period. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this, it's, yeah, box set, which, it's nine little flip books, each containing at least a single animation from each one of, uh... A, like a signature an animation from each one of these animators, and that looks really cool. It's and you brilliant. get a taste of their individual animation styles. That's so cool. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, speaking of books, a book containing Mary Blair's Golden Books work is due out in August. I thought they were just going to re-release a bunch of her Golden Books. They st- I, they may still be doing that, but at least they're putting out a big treasury of her work. For that's those nice. Two. Mary Blair, for those people who don't know, she was an illustrator who. 
Man, it's hard to uh, describe her style, but everyone knows what it looks like. Yeah. If you if you see it, it's very kind of pastel, 1950s, 1960s-ish. Uh, she designed the It's a Small World After All exhibit at Disney. Yeah. And she did a lot of uh, color scripting and layout stuff at Disney in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. And uh, she did a lot of work for Golden Books, the little kids' educational books back in the 50s and 60s, too. What I love about Mary Blair is you look at her art and you go, man, that's so easy to do in Photoshop. Yeah. And then you stop and go, holy nope. shit! <laughs> well, it's funny, uh, what's his name? From Penny Arcade, Mike? Yeah, Mike uh, The artist one. Uh, a couple, was it like two years ago? He suddenly went on a Mary Blair blender. Yeah. And he started doing a lot of stuff, aping her, her artwork. And ever yeah. since then, he kind of that skewed him off in this whole like slightly different like yeah. kind of textured art style that he's going been going on since then. Yeah. And it's funny him just like waking up one day and thinking, "Oh, Mary Blair, that's someone who I should get into." He's not wrong and that, either. Like forever, kind of tweaked his art style. For also, him. Mary Blair, Stone Cold Fox. Oh, was she? Have you ever seen pictures of her? Oh no! Look at her! Look at her! Look at her! What? Stone Cold Fox. What? Kind of got a Lauren McCall thing going on. Wow, she's Fox. got a schnoz, but Jesus oh, an Christ. An awesome schnoz. she ever paint with her boobies? <laughs> oh, no. That's how she creates such perfect circles? <sighs> You're I, the I one regret. pointing out how bangable I, she is. I didn't say it. Look at her giant pendulous breasts, Bill. <laughs> I said she was a stone cold fox. I want to marry her blood. different. <laughs> um, and speaking of books, this is the best. A uh, brand new art book coming out this weekend uh, contains the first, uh, the artwork from the first uh, five series of Garbage Pail Kids cards. Yeah. You're too young to remember Garbage No, I remember Pail Kids. Garbage Pail Kids. I remember thinking they were gross. Yeah! Did you know Art Spiegelman painted those? Oh, yeah, those was his first, like, his first Yeah, he was doing works. that shit while he was writing and drawing mouse. That is brilliant to yeah. think of. So this art book's got it forward by Art Spiegelman, which cracks me up. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just, it, it, the, the cover of this book is totally done up to look like a badly printed uh, pack of Garbage Pail Cards oh, from, like, nice. 1985. It's fantastic. Like, all offset and shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, like, even the back of it is, the back of the book is done up to look like the back of the cards. Except oh, on the back, there's a little, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's, I was never into Garbage Pails that much as a kid. But my best friend, Chris Georgebridge, when we were growing up, he was a Garbage Pail Kid collecting fiend. And aficionado. Where he had two giant shoe boxes. Oh, seriously? Of Garbage Pail books, and he was, he made his own, uh, uh, like scrapbooks of Garbage Pail Kids, and wow. he was crazy, and he would trade with other kids on the bus on the way to school. He did was you nuts ever, for that shit. Did you ever trade any cards? Did you ever no, get any really. cards? I was into movie cards, because I was yeah. into movies as a kid, but no one else, like, the only other person I knew into cards was Chris George, which he was only really yeah. into Garbage Pail Kids. I got into, there was a series of Muppet this cards. I missed growing up as a kid that this is not anything with kids in these days. But yeah, cards, collectible cards. Yeah. I collected That's not Pokemon Muppet or game cards. cards yeah. And I collected Lion King cards and Lion King came out. And when I was obsessed with the Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, I bought the Real Adventures of Johnny Quest cards. Oh yeah. And I was fascinated by this stuff that there were aspects of now I see them just as straight up marketing. Yeah. But at the time I was like, there are aspects of the creation of this sort of media that you're just allowed to kind of fuck around with and play with and expound upon stuff that is only hinted at. It in was the just the kind material. of cards that would just show a picture of a scene or something, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. But it'd be like the Muppet stuff would have like trivia on it and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just some copyright. You're actually kind of interacting with the, with the, with that world. 
them. And it, yeah. it blew my mind that that was a bunch of job to make that shit. Now mm-hmm. I know that they're underpaid, you know, underemployed the freelancers. The people left in the world actually still doing that exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But it, at the time, it was totally captivating idea. Man, did you see the trailer for the new season of Doctor Who? It, I, I, I got it. I found it. I clicked on the link. It buffered too long, by which I mean maybe about five seconds. I was like, you know what? No. It looks like some I retarded shit. I love Doctor Who. It doesn't look bad. It just, like... Doctor Who has been enough out of my mind ever since uh, the season finale from last year that I kind of forgot about Doctor Who. <laughs> Doctor Who. Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> that, like... <laughs> it's got robotic cowboys and shit. And it just doesn't look bad. Oh, it's got... Um, what's his name? Filch from uh, Harry Potter. Oh, yeah? He shows up in the trailer for one shot where he's playing this old dude dressed in black with gray hair, and his hair is, like, swept back. He looks exactly like the first Doctor. Oh, seriously? Everyone's kind of going, hmm. Which, if you're going to like that, the first Doctor was an old cantankerous guy. Yeah. That'd actually be great casting. People are wondering if that's just some kind of accident or if he's actually playing the first Doctor. Spoilers uh, for the Doctor Who Season (laughs) 7 trailer. Oh, um, spoilers for a trailer. God damn. Oh, no. Are we not men? I don't want some Are we not men? You know, well, did you see the thing supposedly that they're going to be filming in New York? What, Doctor uh, Who? Doctor Who stuff. They're coming back to the United States to film uh, Stinkums and Ketchup's last episode. <laughs> well, what are the names? Stinkums and Ketchup? Because her hair's red. I'm Those eyes, he Stinkums. Because he died all the time. His body <laughs> goes stinky. Smell. Uh, yeah. If they go to New York, why not? I don't know. Man. <laughs> I'm still bummed that Amy and Rory are coming back. Oh, Doctor Who. They're I realize I foolishly came in on Doctor Who on the one really good, well-rounded season that they had That last ever. season was... And I'm now oh, you weren't around to hear, you weren't here to shit talk that last season with no, me. No, because I gave up. You agree with us that Doctor Who was bad last I gave season. up. Spo- Sorry for everyone who... <laughs> We're gonna get bad feedback. Letters and stuff again because anything we should I get, I get it for. I mean, like I said, I was spoiled because I was like Doctor Who mm-hmm. at its prime. That was a good season. That fifth season, Doctor uh, Matt Smith's first season. That was, was my super first awesome. season, Doctor Who. So my expectations of Doctor Who maybe are not what rebound. it is. Maybe that was so bad that it'll now rebound and be good again. Well, I'm done with Doctor Who. I'll read the wiki. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you hear this PlayStation 4 stuff? Yeah, so the, um, the rumor is that the, the code name for the PlayStation 4 is Orbis. Because it sounds like four. Forbis. Really? Orbis. I thought it was, isn't that a gum? I think there is an Orbis gum. Yeah. It's got, like, little flavor crystals. They spark. I am so not ready for the next generation of hardware. You know what? This, this, this is, this console, this really does sound like a new Xbox and new PlayStation will come out next year. It's, you know, it's time. I get that. This this cycle no, has been will, a long time. those consoles have been like seven time. or eight years old. Yeah. Because these consoles launched, what, 2005, 2006? My thing, I'm not ready for, because I don't need anything but what it does. There is nothing, no improvement that you can do to these systems that I really care about. I, mean, I graphics I, will be better. Gra- not graphics, but I think this world is like the size of worlds. Yeah, because uh, there's like every. Uh, it drives me nuts when people talk about how video game systems are powerful enough, uh, th- that they're already powerful enough that you really don't need anything more. I think they still need to get better. They're not going to get as good as they need to be for what people are trying to do with games right now with just a single generation leap with a new console mm-hmm. leap, because it's just still just like you're bumping in some games. You're still bumping into indivisible walls mm-hmm. or like very limited. 
just amount That's... of game area in some games and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for when consoles can start kind of like doing the thing where they start generating bits of the world uh, by themselves without everything having to be created by hand beforehand. I know that's a lot to ask. That's not, I mean, but that's something that would just like, even like in a Mass else, Effect game, if if the, the, the game could like create a little bit more world for you to walk around in, not necessarily like you, like shoot these, like create entire gigantic game worlds, but something like, you know, you go to an alien, alien, alien planet on Mass Effect and you're essentially just walking down a couple hallways. But when you go to soccer moms and like like frat dudes and say, "Oh, well, this is my oh, processing I know, I know, power," I know. and just like who's gonna pony out money for that? And some of the, eh, I don't know. Like I'm all for more focus on digital. But that's not gonna get better with a single. Di- I'm not expecting PlayStation Four to suddenly solve all those. those I will want to be able to play Mass Effect Door without Four without having to swap out discs. Yeah, that but, just basic stuff like know. that. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah. I'm not, I don't really, I will be sad. Mostly because I just got one of each, cre- I already had one of each creature this generation. You got a year and a half to and go, What am though. I going to do? I like you, you already got rid of your Wii, though, right? Well, yeah. Because I played my Wii for but about two the, hours. Man, this is this conversation for another day, but what does PlayStation have to do? What does Sony have to do to make the PlayStation 4? Man, I don't know. Because, I mean, I got the PlayStation 3 first. Or, no, no, no. I had an Xbox that I shared with you, but it wasn't really my console. Yeah. I time shared it. And when I got the PS3, I couldn't believe how much better it was in the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Like, I could browse the web. It felt really a lot more intuitive with music and stuff. And I still the, love the, the interface of the PlayStation Interfaces. 4. I mean, like, it's so much... It feels deeper immediately. You don't have to dig as deep to find your content. Mm-hmm. And, like, it felt so much easier for me to look at my photos and all this stuff. Yeah, Blu-ray and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. and I mean... And it's still, no one turns... It's essentially an Uncharted machine slash Blu-ray, Blu-ray player. player. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what it's going to take for them to well, get, get back. The, the, I didn't realize how how little I've actually used my PlayStation 3 for anything other than a Blu-ray player yeah. until uh, this this supposedly linked info about uh, PlayStation 4, which a lot of the game journals and stuff I've seen, it sounds like this is the same stuff they've been hearing for months behind the scenes, too. It sounds yeah. like this may be actually pretty legit. Uh, supposedly, this is not... Uh, PlayStation 4 not be able to play PlayStation 3 games? I'm not going to be surprised. the Uncharted games, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And you know you're going to be able to download the Uncharted games. Yeah. Although that kind of sucks, though. The one thing that's going to make that kind of a risky proposition is the sheer size of those games, because they're designed to be on Blu-rays. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure they can compress those games down, so they're not going to be 50 gigs apiece. You could have downloaded... You can download Mass Effect 3 on day one. Oh, yeah, exactly. But that's that's one thing that works in uh, Sony's benefit, if they're going to try to make a lot of PlayStation 3 games downloadable. The fact that, like, so many games, the lead platform they're being designed for is the Xbox yeah. with its relatively tiny DVD yeah. space is that yeah Mass Effect 3 that's only quote unquote only going to be like 5 or 6 gigs to download yeah. whereas like if you're trying to de- like download Metal Gear Solid 4 which was designed oh, yeah. to take advantage of all 50 gigs of the space that was on that Blu-ray yeah. that's a different kind of proposition and we'll see. but yeah we'll, like, we'll find out more details lack, about that here's the thing lack of back- backwards compatibility always sucks and it always makes me sad and like I went out of my way to get a PS3 that was backwards compatible ask me how many PlayStation 2 games I play on it I know I, I still have my PlayStation 3 that play- has the built in like mechanical backwards cap- compatibility yeah. with PlayStation 2 games, and I will use that someday to finish Final Fantasy 12, and yeah. that'll be it. 
Yeah. Especially, you know, they put out Ico and, and Shadow of the Colossus on, yeah. on Blu-ray. I would rather buy download HD versions of old games yeah. that maybe have a slight boost to the controls yeah. than play the original. You'll be downloading ports. That's what And that's why when I went into the retro gamer... No, 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 no. What was it called? I went into some retro game shop recently, yeah. and the dude said, Oh, what kind of games do you play? And I was like, well, I have an Xbox and a PS3. And he just looked at me like I was shit. Like I was dirt on the bottom of his shoes. Like, yeah, what would you like... Nintendo, like Atari. Oh, that kind of... Oh. I was like, oh, man. I'm like, I have a broken Super You should have said something about Kid Icarus, and you would have totally been like, you need the devil horns. Like, yeah! Kid Icarus, yeah! The game came out two years after <laughs> I was born, yeah! Feel the breath of death on your <laughs> back of your neck there, dude! Uh, anyway. You know, the only thing that sucks is supposedly... Uh, PlayStation 4, this is a rumor that was going on about the next Xbox, is that the PlayStation 4 will not be able to play used or borrowed games. That stinks. That sounds most. Also will require constant online connection to certify that's DRM and awful. shit like that. I mean, that, that's awful. It's, that's the uh, the worst parts of PC gaming and console gaming, where mm. you have to, like, it's, games are going to be retail. All I can think of are these poor people who have, like, their... Like, when I was a kid, like, it, if we had online shit like that... I've got my console in my basement. Keep mm-hmm. it on my mom's site. What are we going to do? Run a LAN cable down there? Like, seriously. It's well, like... This, this, this is going to be interesting because this is totally just the the publishers just ramming this through because it's been proven oh, yeah, that, would. like, of half, half the people who use these consoles don't go online with them. Yeah. And so... I this is going to be really. I mean, I wonder if uh, Sony and Microsoft are kind of banking on within the next year and a half more people are going to be online. I just worry about the divide that they're forcing here. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting to see what happens. I mean, it's like gaming is an expensive enough proposition to begin with, but they're just driving. They're driving away people. I'm I'm also bummed because I love to uh, borrow or lend my games out to people. Yeah. And, you know, every time you come over here, I'm trying to force stuff down your throat. And JoJo upstairs, I'm always, uh, like, trying to lend him stuff. Man, I was bummed with that, like, lending him Mass Effect 3. Uh, he didn't have jo- he didn't have any of the, like, the, the, the stuff you get when you actually buy a brand new copy. He didn't have Javik and stuff like that. And I was like... I still think you can do that. I don't know. But, like, you're still missing out on a couple things. You couldn't even play multiplayer. See, DLC... He couldn't even play multiplayer to... Uh, oh, I didn't think about that. Because he didn't have the online Galaxy pass. readiness stuff. Yeah. Fuck, man. I get it. I can't I can't fault anybody for it. Because, hey, you know what? If I'm borrowing someone's game, I can pony up ten bucks to buy an online pass. At least they have to make it, yeah, that you can buy the download pass to kind of, like, make up. Yeah, but still, it's it's kind of butt farts. I, I mean, they gotta, they gotta fight for that money. And I'd rather them give me DLC than constant on internet connection. Yeah. I will pay for that if it means I get around, like, fucking... I mean, I'm always connected to the internet. That's fine for me. I just can't help but think of people who, you know, don't have that luxury. Because it's a fucking luxury. It is a luxury. I mean, it's like in this era where everybody has their goddamn smartphones, it's so easy to think of that as just, like, the baseline. Mm -hmm. And it's like there are so many people to whom apps are just a foreign concept. That's shit lots of people don't have fucking cell phones, much less a fucking iPhone, much less... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I make I'm I'm able to supply myself just fine. I'm not gonna pay for a data plan. I don't have a iPhone. Uh-huh. You know, it's like I grudgingly have a touch, but I only use it because on Wi-Fi because I'm a cheap jerk. 
But I just, man, I just worry about this. Well, gaming should not be elite. The only, I mean, the one nice thing about gaming is there's always console like console. Yeah. Like, yeah, the whole point of console gaming is that there's your entry fee. Relatively right there. cheap, easy. Hook it up to your TV and you're yeah. done. Yeah. It's like, man. Like, I, I bought my, I'm like, my mom got a Nintendo Wii, and it's great, and she loves it, but I'm not gonna, what, you know, he, mom, I'm gonna show you how to access your internet. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, Jesus. Um, speaking of fucked up shit, <laughs> did you see Ryan Gosling's face uh, from the pictures that got leaked from, what's the guy did drive? Nicholas Swinning Refn, is that yeah. his name? His new movie, did you see the pictures of uh, Ryan Gosling, what he looks like in that movie? No. Are they not making Logan's game? They're going to make... Or Logan's Run? No, this is whatever... Wait, they're supposed to be making Logan's Run? Yep. This is called Titty Farts. I should I should have written down the name of the movie. I like he just wrote down Potato Face Man. Is his face has got... He do not look pretty no more. He's He gets beat up by, like, Thai mob people. Yeah. He's, like, playing some kind of ex... What was it, like, an ex-kickboxer kickbox, that's going against the Thai mob... Mm-hmm. From Thailand, when I say Thai, because I get confused when other people talk about Thai stuff. I'm like, what? Like bow tie? Like what? Botox? Um, that was just kind of funny. And are you looking it up now? I am. Only God forgives. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what it is. Which is a great title. Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, supposed to be out by the end of the year. Um, I just mentioned that because you think um, Ryan March Gos- Do you think Ryan Gosling is attractive? I don't think Everyone he's else is unattractive. He's not my kind you of bro. You like that guy's movies, though. N- well, I I think I'm you glad that Nicholas Winding Refn exists. Valhalla that... Rising is a beautiful movie that gave me a panic attack. That's... Bronson is a great movie. Yeah, Bronson's hilarious. I thought Drive was very good. Drive's good. He's got... in a Miss Marple movie. Ron Gosling? No, Nicholas Winding Refn. <laughs> in, his, in his credit history... Is Miss Marple Nemesis two thousand and seven? I can only hope. Dear God, seriously! Uh, Apparently, he um offered to direct an episode of Doctor Who, but was turned down. Wow. Okay, now I really want to see his his Miss Marple. Oh man, there's a Titanic miniseries out now. It's fucking decrepit. The BBC? No, it's ITV. It's BBC's ghetto ass competitor. Yeah. Oh, some funky ass shit. You get to see. Because uh, it's, like, a cheap-ass TV production, you get to see one and a half shots of the Titanic for the whole fucking thing. Yeah. You kind of have to guess. That, like, it looks like they're all hanging out in a hotel, and if it weren't for the fact, fact they're saying, oh, we're shot a boat now! <laughs> blah, blah, blah! That actually sounds just like the boat sequence in Valhalla Rising. Oh, yeah? Yep. Yeah. They are on a set for 30 minutes. It also sounds like every uh, episode of Doctor Who, too. He should have directed for Doctor Who. <laughs> Uh, one last thing. Uh, George Lucas has reiterated that he will never make a sequel trilogy of movies to the original three Star Wars movies. There will never be a movie about Han Solo and Luke Skywalker 30 years later babysitting their kids. Was it true or false? I may be misremembering. True or false? A couple of years ago, didn't they do full body scans of everybody from the original series? I heard about that. The only reason I bring this up is because this kind of brings up the... We're going to talk about Game of Thrones in just a second, but uh, I, I, I made the Game point. of Thrones. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say Game of Thrones. Something. You're, you made a good point a couple years ago that your biggest disappointment with this Clone Wars CGI bullshit is that it's George Lucas uh, putting CGI to use in the wrong way and that if you're going to make a CGI Star Wars show, yeah. it should be about 
the part of Star Wars you can't show because the actors have aged out of the roles. Yeah. That sh- shit should be, uh, aside from whatever you think about the, the, the prequels, that shit should be about the stuff yeah. that happened after the, the original yeah. Star Wars movies. So, like, because uh, you would be about old Luke Skywalker yeah. and old, old Hans. Han. Well, not, yeah, because yeah. you're not going to get those actors back. Old Chewbacca. Or you could kind of do a live action prequel series now because you could, I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. you could. Yeah. It would still be terrible anyway, even well, if they did a sequel. Guess what, everybody? It's not worth it to be emotionally invested in Star Wars anymore. I don't know. I'm just saying. This is, like I said, I really did throw this in there as just a, a segue into the Game of Thrones stuff. Because I was talking yeah. about how the best part of the Game of Thrones is essentially, it's Game of Thrones, the TV show, and yeah. the first book, is essentially uh, what the best of what you could expect from a potential Star Wars sequel series yeah. if they did a... Sh- uh, if they were to tell stories about old Han and old Luke and stuff after the uh, the 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 war depicted in the original films, totally. about how being everyone being fat, broken down, and all fucked up, yeah, which is uh, exactly where you're pretty much starting off in Game of Thrones, where yeah. that picks up 15 years after Rebellion, where everyone's old and broken down, and yeah, yeah, and everybody's machinations maybe shouldn't have been machinated in the first yeah! place. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna talk about Game of Thrones in just a minute. We're gonna elaborate because what Game of Thrones season two comes out next Game oh, this, of this Thrones. weekend. And you're you're not gonna watch it. Yeah, it comes out this Sunday. I think I may not watch Game of Thrones until it's out on DVD. The novelization's already out though. So what are you <laughs> this is do? true. This is true. Okay, well we're gonna be back in a minute. We're gonna talk about that soon. Uh, okay. judge my sandwich eating ability. Bill has taken his sandwich and is just sitting there and eating parts out of it. I don't get I it. I am slicing it with a knife. Ugh. I am making a dainty meal out of a horror show of a sandwich. Um, you know what? <laughs> I really did want it. One of my favorite parts from the, uh, we're going to talk about a song of ice and fire shit. It's funnier to call it Game Returns. <laughs> um, Return. He talks about, uh, Elmore Leonard. Who's the guy who writes those books? He spends George a lot of time R. talking about food. He does. And uh, doublets. He's every... every <laughs> <laughs> Took me a minute. He's like, an iron-studded doublet. Well, it's pretty ready shorthand. What for is what a doublet? Kind of, it's um, like your bot, the bodice thing. Like when you think of people in Shakespeare time, that kind of upper torso thing. Where, that it's like, it doesn't have the... It's like basically a fancy vest. But I don't like know a why I didn't Google it when I could just ask Let's you. Let's see if that is true, though. Let's see if my years going to Renaissance festivals paid off. Yeah, listening to the Game of Thrones audiobooks, man, I am one of those people where I know it's a Song of Ice and Fire series, but I just call it Game of Thrones because that's what the TV show is called. Um... What are we talking about? Doublets. Doublets. So, okay, what? excuse me. No, yeah, a doublet is a man's snug-fitting buttoned jacket that is shaped and fitted to the man's body. Oh. The doublet was hip length or waist length and worn over the shirt or drawers. So <laughs> drawers, drawers, <That's>... <laughs> drawers, <laughs> drawers. <laughs> That's right. That's still not over, folks. We're still laughing at that. <laughs> we all sound like deaf people. <laughs> I sound like Marley Matlin on the West Wing. Uh, 
So, Annie, oh. you're the first person I ever heard talk about these books in any function. How did you get into Germa Turns? Germa Turns? My, so when I moved from Texas, I've never told this story on the podcast. Oh, no. When I moved from Texas, I did not so much move from Texas as I was physically expelled from Texas for about umpteen different reasons. One of the things, like a number of things happened to, to me Portland. all at once. Yeah. yeah. A number of things happened all at once that made it clear that Texas was not for me anymore. One of the things that happened was I was wor- working as a personal assistant to an antique dealer. And she got the West Nile virus and needless to say could not employ me because she had other concerns on her mind. And she, I mean, the West Nile virus is fucked up because it just destroys your immune system. Yeah. And so she was at the hospital just fighting to stay alive. And her son, my friend, Evan, um, to give her something to focus on and something to look forward to and something to think about, went in and read these books to her every Jesus day Christ. for how long. That's a titanic undertaking. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I don't, have you ever read the book, The Princess Bride? Yeah. One of my favorite parts of The Princess Bride is the story of The Princess Bride because it's about this kid who's um, a family member, when he's sick, his family member comes and reads him this book and it, it exa- it's exactly that. It gives him something to live for. Yeah. And because he wants to wait, he has to get through the next day to hear what happens next. Well, that's exactly what happened to Valerie. And she would talk to me. And she's like, Annie, you, y'all have to read this book. Just the best thing ever. Just so excited. Gave me something to live for. And it's just so good and so well written. And you'll just love it. Well, when I moved to Portland, I was like, well, I need, I went to Powell's for the first time. And I was like, well, I need comfort books. And, you know, Valerie is not a reader, and this book is thick as fuck, so yeah. there's got to be compelling as hell it's for Valerie to read it. essential vitamins and nutrients to it, yeah. So I went to Powell's, my first my first trip to Powell's, and bought Wind in the Willows, which is my com- one of my comfort food books, and um, the first book of A Song of Ice and, Fi- of Ice and Fire. And um, went home, read Wind in the Willows. Wind in the Willows is great and fucked up and weird, and I love it. And uh, then I was like, okay, well, now let's try this uh, Game of Thrones crap. Got through the first chapter, not even the first chapter, technically, no, 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 I got through the prologue and then the first chapter, I just put it the fuck down. I was like, ugh, they're metaphor dogs, really? I'm barely in this book and they're oh, metaphor dogs? Yeah. I'm like, nope, not doing this, just put it the fuck down, didn't think about it again. Until, um, um, years later, HBO announces they're gonna do the series. And I felt about it pretty much exactly the way, oh, the I same thought, I way. I you'd read this stuff earlier. no. Yeah. I felt about Game of Thrones to some degree the way I felt about Hunger Games, where I'm not going to be that asshole who watches the adaptation without at least trying to read the source material. Yeah. Um, so I, and also, I was like, well, Game of Thrones, that sounds kind of cool, whatever. I'm like, maybe it'll work for me better as an adaptation. But then I found out that Peter Dinklage was going to be in it, and Peter Dinklage is one of my favorite actors. So I read the books. And they're, they're, the first book in particular is very readable. I read it over breaks and lunch at work, and it was great to have, like, this ritual of reading that every day. And it's very, um, they're very cliffhangery yeah. and suspenseful. Not necessarily, suspenseful isn't quite the right word, but there's always something happening in Game of Thrones. There are no slow There's spots. always a fucking crisis. I don't want to say, exactly, that's really what it is. What I find so impressive about Game of Thrones is that most books, you know, you have your, your, your rising action, your climax, and then your falling action, right? Game of Thrones is just rising action climax, rising action climax, rising action climax, unending from book one to where we are now. Mm-hmm. And these characters just keep getting progressively more and more fucked up. Then he introduces new characters get oh. fucked up. So I, I really, I enjoyed the heck out of reading them and got to the point where um, I was up to 
speed when the most recent book came out. So yeah, I was I was moderately evangelical about them because I'm like, oh, these books are a good time. Yeah, you were telling me like, that that's how I first heard about these books. It was you talking about uh, the Peter Dinklage connection because mm-hmm. you were telling me that like there's this character named Tyrion who uh, yeah. Peter Dinklage is going to play, and you know we love Peter Dinklage yeah. and his character Tyrion is the best character in the books. Mm-hmm. This this if, if they actually do make this HBO thing, it, it should be very cool. Yeah, and I remember that was a, that was the first real conversation we had about these books because you had mentioned that you were reading them a couple times before because when you moved up here, you were living with me and Dylan and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and we were friends hanging out. But, uh, yeah, the Peter Dinklage connection was, like, the first thing I ever yeah. really... When I think of Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire in general, I it's Peter Dinklage's head I see floating in a cloud yeah. above my brain. As well it shall be for forever, and as well it should be. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like in the new series, it really, really does sound like... Uh, they are Peter Dinklage is getting first billing on the on the show now. Starting as well, the they should. Season. Yeah, the, I, mean, really. I mean, it makes sense. It's well, then the books. It's there's not really a main character in the books after Ned passes. At least yeah. I'm halfway through reading the second book, and it's scattered. And there's no yeah. one person has come forward. That's what I. But loved. it makes sense for a TV show for the you're, oh, gonna, totally. you're gonna have to have someone step forward and kind of hang less, the show yeah. on. Yeah. I what I really enjoyed about when I read the first Game of Thrones book that, or I should say, when I read Game of Thrones, what I really enjoyed was the fake out protagonist. Yeah. I thought that was ballsy as fuck. We had this character like, oh, clearly this is the protagonist of the series, and then he gets killed. Well, that's the funny thing. The lead up to the show, you've been telling me spoilers as you've been reading the books for all this time, so I knew that Ned Stark get, gets whacked. Yeah. Like, at the end of the first book, and even all this other stuff, I knew all about all the... Spoilers for Game of Thrones, uh, for, uh... For the TV show, if you've only watched the TV show, you haven't read the books. Well, here's my about, warning about We're going to be talking about spoilers about other stuff that yeah. happens. Yeah. I am incapable of remembering what happened in what books. Like, I can remember where ga- the first book ends, yeah. but the rest of the books well, are one like after that, smush. It just turns me. into a giant, just like, miasma of sadness and just shit going wrong. <laughs> well, Pretty so you've much. got the first book, yeah. which is just, it's Game of Thrones. Yeah. you got the second book, which is The War of the Five Kings, where it's everyone... It sounds like it's going to... Does Stannis eventually attack King's Landing? Is that the climax of the second book? Yes. Because this is what... I don't remember which book it happens in. It's a badass battle. Yeah, because I'm halfway through the second book, and every, everything is kind of leading towards... It's it's mostly about the five kings staking their claim and what they're doing. It's yeah. Stannis, it's, it's Renly, it's Joffrey, it's... Uh, Stannis, Renly, Joffrey, Rob. Distantly, there's Daenerys, Rob, and yeah, well, Daenerys. Well, the War of the Five. She's kings not. Is, yeah, she's, she's not, not one threat. of those kings. Wait, who's the fifth? Is it? Is it the Greyjoys? Oh, that's the Greyjoys. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think that's what it's gonna be. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what I love about Game of Thrones is that he does a, such a good job in the first couple of books establishing this world. And then establishing these players and then pitting them all against each other. Because you have the short-term game of whoever is literally fighting at the moment. And then you see this foreshadowing of this long-term game. Because ultimately Daenerys is going to come sweeping down on all these bitches. Well, yeah, there's actually two long-term games. Well, there's the longer-term game, which is Daenerys showing up and everyone's going to have to fight Daenerys. And then the longer, longer longer-term game is... It's going to be everyone from the north sweeping down into Westeros. Yeah. Fucking things that, up. Because ultimately the conflicts... This is, I mean, this is what Game of Thrones is good at. So there's li- there's all this stupid, asinine political bullshit. Yeah. That it, are these remnants of this war that happened a generation ago. So that's all happening in, in, in the bulk of Westeros. Meanwhile, there's this wall up north that is, that is between... Um, for all intents and purposes, for most characters' concerns, is keeping back basically the wild hordes that aren't part of any kingdoms. But really, it's keeping away the zombie hordes that any minute are going to sweep down through and render all this moot. 
So it's, it's great because you've got this complex political battle and then this fucking otherworldly magic thing that's going to happen. Yeah. And this, this di- di- uh, um, disposed princess who's gathering her strength and becoming more and more badass. It's going to come and set everybody on fire anyway. Yeah. And it doesn't seem anyone is paying attention at all to Daenerys in, uh, in the Horselands or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm in the middle of the second book, and you do have the, one of the, the, the members of the Night Watch. He's running around King's Landing trying to get someone to pay attention to the fact that he's brought down this black oh, yeah. hand of... Well, one of the others that he's brought down yeah. to say, hey, we got zo- ice zombies yeah. attacking. We need some help up here. And no one's paying attention. No one gives a shit. It's, it's hilarious. Like, oh, it's just terrible. But oh. I can see uh, people's frustrations with, it sounds like. Well, here's the thing. In, by, by about where you are, he's got these fucking. So you've got basically what you have there. You had plates. You have this big plate spinning. And then there's this other plate spinning over here. And then on top of that main big plate, you have 16 other little plates spinning. And then he just how fucking many, starts adding more and more shit. How many books shit. are there? Are there five books now? There are five books now. And there it will eventually be. Like, I, I, I like what I'm reading in the, in, in the first two books. I can't imagine this going on for another three books after mm. this. I am shocked to hear by the fifth book that nothing has happened. I'm shocked to hear that Daenerys has not made her move. Oh, no, 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 no. See, no one... all the stuff with Daenerys, I think, works. Works really well. I don't say it's badly written, but I'm kind of surprised to hear that, like, especially with, what, this is supposed to be like a six or seven book series. I'm yeah. surprised more shit hasn't happened. I'm surprised it's still just all the political stuff in Westeros when you've got these two other fronts. Uh, Westeros, or, it pretty much gets dealt with. Like, things oh, are does? things are much more narrowed down in Westeros right now. Oh, really? I'll just okay. say that. Yeah? Yeah. Who's king? Uh, what are the other things? You, you've been spoiling me for this whole series uh, for the longest time. Like, Annie's big... Uh, Annie's big idea for what Ugh. this end of the series would be. My goddamn fanfiction ending. We're talking about called, all the spoilers. It's called A Song of Ice and yeah. Fire. I was like, okay, so clearly, uh, I think I mentioned this in last week's po- or some podcast. I think I feel like, like I mentioned you mentioned this last week. Yeah. Jon Snow is totally like ice. Baratheon and um, Stark. Rob, yeah, Rob uh, Robert Baratheon, Dead it, King. It's totally Robert and... Um, Leanna's yeah. kid, Ned Stark's sister, and and so you've got him, and he, so he is of descended of pretty much every single official lineage you can imagine, um, and then there's Daenerys, who is of you know the old blood of the Dragon Kings, and so I'm like, oh, okay, well they have this grand fight, and then they form an alliance at the end of it, and so much hot then fucking. it's a song of ice and fire, right, yeah. right, Da-da-da-da. god damn it, roll credits. The end. God damn it. But what happens to Jon Snow at the end of the last book? <sighs> he gets... God damn it. No one dies in Game of Thrones. Here's the thing. You can't assume that death means that they're off. You told no, 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 no. me that Jon Snow gets murdered. You, you, you made it sound to me he like gets he gets stabbed in the gut. Well, then it's fade to black. So who the fuck knows? Granted, it's gut wound in a time of not exactly like their EMTs around. Patrick was saying there's something about the Red Priestess. It sounds yeah. like Stannis's Red Priestess is hanging around yeah. there, though, so she could God knows. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is is that, yeah, death is not death in Game of Thrones, but there's always a terrible price, and what comes afterwards is not necessarily life. Well, one of the other big spoilers you also, uh, I heard about from you, is the Red Wedding. God damn the Red Wedding. Okay, I almost don't want to spoil the Red Wedding just because the Red Wedding is oh, one so of the most... Oh, so if you're listening to this, people have already read it. Unless yeah. you're watching the show. See, that's the thing. That's why I kind of don't want to stray into future spoilers. That's why I kind of feel like a dick already. Because no. I think it's valid to anticipate Game of Thrones. 
the TV show. There's a character who was murdered in this uh, the event of the Red Wedding. Oh, where... there's multiple characters. Oh, shit. Half the characters get yeah. wiped out. Uh, there's a lot of the characters get wiped out in the Red Wedding. And one of the major two characters that you're really supposed to care about, uh, turns out she does... <laughs> She does okay, die. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> you you and I are in the very small camp of people who like her. Game of Thrones is fascinating because the female are characters you? in it... <laughs> the female characters okay, in it... Okay, Red Wedding. <laughs> Rob <laughs> Stark and Catelyn Stark... <laughs> spoil it, just go for it, go to They town. get their shit murdered. Oh, man. What who happens actually to murders Rob the, is, is it the phrase or the... Is it the phrase? Yeah. The phrase "fuck." They get up. oh, it's because they actually set that up in the first show in the first oh, season yeah. of the show. Because in order to cross the bridge, oh yeah, over the river, uh, Filch from Harry Potter, yeah, uh, uh, Caitlin makes the deal with him that they, like they Rob will eventually marry show. one of his kids someday, yeah. and uh, Rob doesn't do that. And so Rob marries this. Okay, here's the thing. What's oh, fascinating see, this, about Game of I Thrones? I don't know something. So this is great. You're gonna be filling me in. Yeah, spoil Rob, me. Go so ahead. Game of Thrones is great because. All of these, like all of these leaders that they establish, can be great in some aspects and terrible in the others, and none of no them are perfect, fully yeah. formed good leaders. Yeah. Like you can even see that Daenerys. Basically, every what's fascinating about Daenerys and what I love about her character is she is learning to be a good leader. Mm-hmm. She is great in some regards and terrible in others, and then she'll will decide well I have to be this. And well, then... it's interesting because she doesn't have anyone to really guide her except for Jorah Mormont for a while. Yeah, and, and everything else she's learning pretty much trial by fire. Well, because her life is hell, and yeah. she's just having to learn from those experiences. She's literally learning in the wild as she goes along. It's Whereas like all the other characters are have lineages they have to. She has wicked baptism by fire all the time, twenty four hours literally a day, figuratively. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, um, uh, you and I are one of the few people in the world who like Cat Stark. Why? Most people think she's a whiny bitch, and I think this is just awful. Because the thing is, is that you know what? She is a loving mother who has lost everything. Yeah, everything. There's one of the best. One of my favorite bits of uh, Catelyn Stark was actually just read this afternoon, right before you came over. It's in uh, a Clash of Kings in the second book, where she's trying to get uh, Renly and Stannis. Yeah. To put a, it's the first time you actually meet uh, see Renly and Stannis meet in the books. Yeah. And she's trying to get them to put aside their differences. Saying, oh man, guys... is that where you are? Yeah. She's like, shit's about to get real, son. She's like, you guys are fucking brothers. We've got Joffrey and his whole army over here. You got Tywin Lannister over here. Yeah. You guys and P.S. Renly, your shit's fucking wrong. <laughs> you're, you're not even supposed to be fighting this war. Yeah. Uh, Stannis, no one hates you, but you guys should unite. And your brother's dead and all this stuff. And she's just, like, she's trying to, like... Uh, she's calling them on their bullshit. And they're both just, like... Eh, Renly's just kind of preening, like, Eh, I'm such a pretty boy! And Sandus is all like, I hate everybody. And none of... They will not listen to the reason for shit. And she's trying to mediate this peace between yeah. them, and they're just being so fucking stupid that yeah. she eventually just throws her hands over the air and says, I, it's, it's, yeah. she's just, it's essentially the Geth versus the Corey at that point. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and she's trying to do yeah. it to save her son because well, see, that's the thing. Rob's going to get murdered if she doesn't get help from one of is one of the few characters in the does, entire book series whose intentions are 100% pure. Does Kat do anything that actually even justify people's hatred of her? Or are people just stupid? I think, okay, this is what I, I think I can understand people not liking Sansa. Well, here's the thing. This is what I think is really interesting about Game of Thrones. And we kind of touched on this in our Strong Female Characters episode. Yeah. Game of Thrones is not filled with traditional badass, capital, you know, S strong, capital F female, capital C characters. There's one or two. Uh, Arya's uh, kind of turning towards that. Brienne None of them. kind of sounds Kind of, uh, Brienne just got introduced. Uh, yeah. Brienne just showed up for the first time with her big mashed face. Brienne is Being great. All, 
all in love with Renly or whatever. I think what is fascinating about Game of Thrones is that every single one of his characters are flawed. Yeah. All of his female characters are just as flawed, if not more so, than his male characters. And he's not afraid for them to be... How do I say this? He's not afraid for them to be unlikable and really like have the worst aspects of femininity mm-hmm. in such a way that it's easy to write them off as, well, Kat's just weak because she's weakened by her emotions. Yeah. When no, she's incredibly strong. She just wants to keep her family safe. Well, it's like everyone hates Sansa because she's so living in her own little fantasy world in the first book. But that's I don't totally... know what she's like after the first, because I've only really experienced what she's done in the TV show and in I'll the first this. book. I'll say this. She's one of the few characters who doesn't necessarily change a whole lot. Yeah. I But, I, but that's a totally but believable character. she was character. raised that way. Yeah. Yeah, she's, that, that's a person who, who... And it's largely through no fault of her own because she was raised with fairy tales and stuff. She just happens to choose them. It's yeah. not, and that, well, that's not, how she's People like that exist. It. It's not like... All of his female characters feel real to me. Yeah. Even the most well, extreme he caricatures. He doesn't, he's, he, yeah. he's not trying to like, oh, I'm going to write the lady. Or uh, like, it's not like he was... He's, it's not, he's not even trying to write empowered ladies either. No. He's just writing people. Can't. And women just happen to be part of that formula. And there's a nice range of different female characters yeah. he has in, the, in that world. Where... And it, like, Bran just showed up and she's this badass night lady. And yeah. they just showed what seems to be at least the first chink in her armor is that for some reason she's got this total hard on for Renly. Oh, that man, like she man. sounds like such a badass, and you find out she's got this hard on for Renly. It's like, oh man, you, like, she's kind of mentally childlike oh, that yeah. way. Brienne is fascinating because she shows up, and you're like, okay, here's the Banff warrior woman. Yeah, exactly. And that this just... series has been waiting for, but she's not. Like this is what I like about Game of Thrones. This is why even when I get well, frustrated she's with a it, bad character in it. Like, she is her flaws are pretty fucking intense. I'll find out more soon. Yeah, the relation the, of all the characters in that book, the relationship that she eventually builds is not the relationship that you think it's going to be, and the way it progresses and changes is amazing. Okay. When Game of Thrones is good, Game of Thrones is great. Does she stick around? Does she get whacked? Does she's she... still alive. Oh, okay, okay, okay. She's super fucked up. Um. Every no one ends well in Game of Thrones. Oh Brienne. man, I saw the, wait, the the Hound. Wait, which one is the Hound? Sandor Clegane. Yeah, is he the wait? Who's the one who who's uh, who's Sansa's buddy? Oh, the Mountain versus the Hound. The Hound is a littler one. Yes. Does think... he die? Because there's this whole thing about supposedly he's not dead. The Hound dies, but then this other giant giant mountainous guy shows up, who mm. people start to assume that. No, it's not that simple. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think... I think maybe the hand dies, but he doesn't die for a long time if he Anyway, goes. going back to ladies, uh, talking about Catelyn Stark, uh, you, like, I always heard... You told me that Rob and Catelyn get uh, killed at the Red Wedding, but I didn't realize she gets brought back to life by a magician. Cat is dead. Yeah, she's dead. Not just not Kat just she's dead. not healed, but she's dead for like You may three as well days. say that the Reaper hordes in Mass Effect are oh no, that's Timmy the Turian, you know. Is she him? actually an active agent in the story still? Because I know she gets brought back to life. <sighs> you 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 telling me about her and me like seeing discussions about uh, Song of Fire and Ice online, people talk about like, well Catalan does this after the Red Wedding. I'm like, wait, what? See, that's not So she's not a zombie. But she is still emaciated and her throat's still slit. She can't talk. One of my favorite things about Game of Thrones is the subtle way magic is treated in the world. It's not like Harry Potter. That's what I'm glad is like I know magic's on its way, but I'm glad to see that even once it shows up it's not suddenly this big 
in 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 Game of Thrones, magic exists, but it is very very limited. It used yeah. to be more common in the world than it is now, and we don't know why, but it no longer is as common as it once was. So when magic or fantastical things happen in Game of Thrones, they are not every day. They are amazing to the people in that world. It would be just amazing and if we they saw are, the same things. Yeah, exactly. Like, in our world. And I'm, I'm I continue to be. That is one of my favorite things about Game of Thrones. But um. There's always, it is not, it comes from somewhere, always. And there's always a price. There's always a terrible price for everything. And nothing, you, when you, it's totally like a careful what you wish for sort of thing, because when magic happens, it is never what you want to happen. Yeah. So, Cat comes back. But, is she still her in her mind, but she's locked in this rotting nah, body or something? Or it's not, well, we don't know, really. She's not really talking about Oh, they haven't talked about that. Okay. She hasn't been present much since she's been. It sounds killed. like, I, she, it sounds like she would come back for a reason, like for a storytelling reason. Well, you it's not, just bring her back she, she, she does not bring herself back. She well, I know. Is, she is resurrected to be a symbol of the, there's like basically a, I mean, for all intents and purposes, there's a Robin Hood type figure who's fighting for the people. Okay. Because at the end of the day, all of these kings and their conflicts and everything like that, they're they're killing the people. Oh, all yeah. of them. Well, uh, Varys in the first, sh- on the show, in the first book, yeah. he makes a point of like, He's serving the realm. Someone has to exactly, yeah. and that's a it's a it's a running theme in the books. In that everyone, all these rulers, for all their good intentions, could give two shits about the people, which is why Daenerys is so interesting because Daenerys gives all the shits about the people, and that makes her she struggles with that 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 boundary as a ruler. I'm really curious to see what her progression is. The only, I mean, the thing about Game of Thrones is I had heard people say, "Oh, there are too many characters," and I heard people complaining that in like the first two or three books. But he has a terrible habit of bringing in, establishing the fuck out of these characters that you're deeply invested in, and then cutting to Joe Schmo, you know, Joe so, Schmo the Third. Someone's um, coffee shop, yeah, yeah, on King's Landing that it's is just, just kind like, of struggling. It's like what the uh, Eric is a uh, husband, Matt. He brought brought up the point that he's into books, into these books. But as he goes along and they introduce more characters, it's harder to to get interested in new characters because you exactly. know they're just going to end up being put through the meat grinder too. Yeah. I mean, it's literally fresh it's, blood. It's fresh one, blood. Yeah, it's one thing so to see the characters who you started off the series with get fucked up. But when you're on your, when you're on your like third generation of characters mm-hmm. who are all inevitably doomed to get fucked up too, it's harder to get invested from the beginning. It was really characters. bad in the most, in most recent book because there's literally a character who is established at the very, very beginning. I, on this fool's errand and the fool's errand kills him at the end of the book and you're just like, why did I bother? Seriously, you know what I could have been talking about? Tyrion and all yeah. that time. It's like, come on, man. It's not padding because it is all part of that world building. But he's gotten to the point where he has built the fuck out of this world already. I get it, bro. Seriously, well, that's what I'm kind of bummed to hear. Like, in, like here, like I'm, I, I'm having a good time in the second book, but here in the third book, there's it's still just more just. They're good reads. It's just there's a fatigue you hit. There is like a part of me wants to reread it because I do enjoy it. But there's a serious fatigue, and what you care about is not necessarily what George R. R. Martin cares about. Yeah, and that's tough. Well, it's like he's created such a big world and such big books that I could see that people kind of get lost in the books and kind of find their their own things that they like about those books. Which, yeah, is not the same thing than what the author is getting out of uh, no. these stories. And I mean, I get why he's doing all these side things that I don't care about. I get it, and I see what purpose they serve. Yeah. But man. If you can't get into it emotionally, then that's 
Yeah. I love, and it, the only thing no, that I upsets me that. is that then it gets me fatigued. So when I get back to the people I do care about, I'm just tired. Yeah. Tired. My, I'm turd. I'm turd. My hurt. I'm a turd. My hurt. My hurt is turd. That's why I'm glad I'm listening to the audiobooks. Yeah. So at least the audiobooks, it's kind of a passive thing. I could be working while listening to them. So it's not like I'm, I don't feel like it's a waste of time or anything like that. So if I keep continue to listen to the audiobooks as the series progresses, yeah. it's not going to feel like so much of a stinger if I have to listen to people who I'm not used to? I don't know. This is one of the reasons why I was so excited about the Game of Thrones TV show, and why, honestly, as much as I love the books, why the Game of Thrones TV show may be better than the books, is that what George R. R. Martin needs is a goddamn editor. Is someone to just sit him down and say, you know what, maybe let's not spend this much time with the god... What are they? The Sand Snakes. What? Uh, (laughs) Is this something that happens in... uh, I think that's book three. In Essos? You'll you'll see the sand snakes. I don't know. I can't remember. That's actually what they're called. But what do they serve at the red wedding? Is it candy? <laughs> Wolf. Oh yeah. It's fucked up. It's oh, fucked no. up. The red wedding is one of the most upsetting. Oh, does bits Ghost I've get killed? Read. If Jon Snow gets attacked at the end of the last book, does does Ghost get fucked up? That's the that's that that's how you know whether or not Jon Snow is coming back or not. That's not true. I'll just say that. Well, they killed off Sansa's dog. Yeah. But and Does and half the kids no longer have their come dogs. Back? Arya's dog. Um. Yes and no. Oh no. Does Arya have her? No. Is she still an active player in the books? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's all I care about. Yeah. Speaking of magic and stuff, I just got up to the first point where uh, uh, Arya's been captured and been sent to Harrenhal. Uh, where she's, uh, oh, oh, enslaved man, with everyone else. See, you're still at the good stuff. That's all I'm saying. This is the thing. I'm like, oh, and man. And she has just been, uh, she has just struck a deal with this guy who had suggested he can change his face. Yeah. Uh, this guy will start murdering people on her behalf for saving him in the lives of a couple other prisoners, uh, during a, uh, an attack by Tywin Lannister on this farm that, uh, the, the, the Night's Watch got yeah. all strung up with. Which is another example of, of the the these the Tywin uh, Tywin Lannister soldiers just wiping out this entire village full of innocent people. Yeah. Because the vague suspicions that they might be hiding some like Stark people or something right. like that. Uh, that's just interesting to see how yeah exactly how the population in that world is getting destroyed by the war. But yeah, so Arya's man, you're about to re- meet a lot of really unlikable people, Bill. Really? Yep. Okay. Yep. Man, Game of Thrones. See, I'm jealous of you because really, what the best part of Game of Thrones is, it's terrible and a lot of awful things happen. But there is a joy in reading Game of Thrones because what I what I love about Game of Thrones is just the ridiculous things that happen. Oh, you know what I didn't realize? Arya's like before she gets captured and sent to Harrenhal, she's hanging out with this kid named Gendry. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, who is this kid again? Oh, you didn't figure out who he was. I was like, oh, when I looked him up in the ga- on the Song of Ice and Fire wiki, yeah, and his picture showed up from the TV yeah. show. I'm like, the TV oh. show makes it more overt who he is. Yeah, the, the, t- the book is it's much more subtle. Who when he I saw, is. I was like, oh, or he at least comes at back. the point you are, it's uh, much more subtle. But yeah, that's very cool. I, I love the like the 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 kid of Robert and uh, Netter. At least yeah. for a small while, running around the world. I thought yep. that was very cool. Yep. Um, George R. R. Martin, he believes in the callbacks. I the question hope, is, is if you remember who the fuck the characters are that he's calling back I to. I hope he's going somewhere through Arya, because you've talked to me, uh, you've told me about how she just goes off on this crazy well, fucking... Well, see, this assassin guy that she meets, she goes, oh, you're cool. I want to be like you. And that's where she is right now. Yeah. She's like, I want to change like my face. Like I said, face. three books later, 
Like, and, like, her story is interesting, but she is just kind of wandering. And to think that her... this, her wandering goes on for the other three books is kind of like, damn. I hope well, there's... the thing is, is that she's I hope that there's a in... shape to her story that we maybe just can't see now. Let me see if I can remember this. Book four and book five were originally conceived as one book. Yeah. And heard... it's split in half. Yeah. So there are half the characters in the books that you don't read about in book four, and then you read about them in book five. Oh, okay. So know that it's just, you know, his structure. Oh, so it's not just three books of just the same no, stuff. So, okay, no, no, no. There, there is a book worth of... And of, there's a lot of crossover, uh, too, because there are events in book three that actually happened during book two, and there are events in book four that actually happened in book three. You told me you... Uh, last week we were talking about Game of Thrones, and you spoiled for me the fact that... Uh, <laughs> I'm such a dick. <laughs> I have no concept of where one thing is. Theon Greyjoy, you're like, oh, oh man, man. Theon Greyjoy, like, yeah, and then he fucks his sister, and I'm like, what? And then literally, you went home, and that night I was reading the audiobook, and he shows up, and the next chapter in the audiobook is like, he tries to Theon Greyjoy, this hot bitch, <laughs> down by the docks, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> and he's macking on her. Fr- it's a whole chapter of him. She grabs girl. his dick. Yeah, she grabs his dick. He's talking yeah. about coming in her mouth and all this stuff, and they're this close just from fucking for the whole chapter and then she's like oh, I guess well I'm your sister and yep. he's all like oh my god it's nice god. to know there's someone who's grossed out by the idea of fucking their sister yeah he's just book. like he doesn't know what to do with himself <laughs> at the end and I'm like hey hey, hey hey you know what the weird, unfortunate shit that has happened to Theon Greyjoy hasn't even started yet. Yeah, that's what you keep on telling me. I'm afraid to see I don't want to tell you because it is so fucked up. <sighs> and, but he calls it down upon his head. But even, it's so awful that even I cannot. It was being him pretty anymore. bad because he's being a pretty big dick at the beginning. I will of his say boss. this. Arguably, I'm gonna think about this. Arguably, he gets the worst yeah. of anyone in all of Game of Thrones. Jesus. When you win the poor bitch medal in Game of Thrones, you know your life. Oh, is over. and uh, Wildling Lady is just and her boyfriend are telling Bran about the green people and about wolf seeing and green dreams and stuff. That is just starting to come up. The thing about how could you see through your wolf's you eyes? You want to talk about a hold cycle, man? That whole story is in a hold pattern pretty much until the last. I'm assuming Bran's gonna become a thing by the end of the story. I guess I, I don't know. I. You could neatly cut Bran out of the whole book. That's what I'm gonna wonder. Well, he's only two. I would happily have had him Just... die at the start of the series. <laughs> That's awful, but it's true. I am so not interested. There is one neat thing that happens during his journey. He meets a character who is very cool and very enigmatic, and that's really the only reason why I give a shit about all of Bran's story. <gasps> oh man! But then the great draws were like, "Let's attack Winterfell," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> Winterfell!" So I'm assuming that's gonna happen. Shit's fucked up, Bill. Shit's that's all I'm gonna up. say. That's all I'm gonna say. Shit's fucked up. I've spoiled you enough, young man. I've spoiled you enough. So Daenerys has not attacked the kingdoms, though. By the she has not yet. She's still trying to figure out how. Is to she be still ruler. in Quarth? No. The city, because she has just showed up in Quarth. Oh man, is Quarth Zamo, the city? Zamo is dying. Has is Quarth the city of slaves? Yes. Oh man, that's awesome. That oh, whole, yeah? I can't. I don't want to tell you, but it's so awesome. It's all awesome. See Game of Thrones, man. I I wish that I could I could just run a magnet over my brain and forget everything about Game of Thrones, so I could read it again because it's such a joy. I this chapter. She shows up this and she takes a bath. There's shit a whole that chapter happens. about her taking a bath and her titties hanging out and shit like that. He loves talking about Daenerys just being nude, hanging out, drinking soda she's, and shit. She's, in, in Westeros, she's legal. She's yeah. like 13. No, I have no problem with it. It's just, man. Well, her character, the point of her character is that she is highly sexualized. Oh, yeah, no, sure. Her, her one, man. I mean, she's practically raised by her fucked up brother who kind of yeah. wanted to bang her. Yeah. Well, who, then, who assumed he would? He should bang her because that's, oh, yeah, that, that, that's what the Targaryens always did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was just waiting for the opportunity to strike. 
Fuck. Man, Game of Thrones. I'm serious. I wish I could wipe my brain so I could read it again. Thinking about as the much TV as show. I am tired of it. But my first experience with the TV show, actually in terms of like seeing anything of what happens with the, the stories, it was with the TV show last year. when that, that like I'd never read any of the books. I just started watching the TV show. I had to watch the pilot three times last year when that first debuted just to understand what the hell was going on. Really? Well, it's just the fantasy thing where no one has a normal name except for Ned yeah. Stark and Robert Baratheon. Everyone's the like, kind of like Keep that. loose, Biblis. Oh, there goes Spunkbark. He's traveling to the high city of Quarfor. What I really enjoy and... about Game of Thrones is that they just drop you the fuck into everything. Yeah. And you kind of swim to figure it out, which is great. Well, I love fantasy and sci-fi. Especially the that. first episode. There's so much. It's such an info dump of the different yeah. families and the show really. The history yeah. of everything. Um, but, I, like, reading the first book really. It was a. I, it was worth it reading the book, even though the show was a great uh, compressed version of the book. Yeah. Because you get, get get to see how they managed to squeeze in all the basic material you need to understand from the first book into a TV show without uh, really skipping a beat, but like condensing yeah. it. The TV show is more briskly paced than the, the, the book and all the... It, it, it's a better version of the book. The book, yeah. first book is good. I mean, seriously. George R. Martin is a great writer. The but, way they juxtapose man. different events that happen in, in, yeah. the, in the first book yeah. and kind of strip things down. And it's just, whoever, whoever, that first season of the show was very well put together. I do and, not anyone envy anyone who has to adapt that story, and they did a phenomenal job. And it's phenomenal. Just, it sounds like the same thing might keep on going on to the, into the second season, too, because I remember the first uh, set pictures that were leaked from the second season of Game of Thrones. It was just a bunch of wooden statues on a beach. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. The first book, uh, the second book starts off mm-hmm. with every, it's Stannis and his whole brigade. Yep. They're just coming in off the beach after having yep. burned these seven statues of these gods. Yeah. And because uh, he's he's finally given up on uh, on the religion of the of Westeros and stuff like that. And that was interesting to think that'll probably be the first scene in the first episode of the next yeah. season. But it's cool that like they're actually going to show you that, so it's an actual you get to see instead of like yeah. having the character stand around for twenty minutes talking yeah. about how Stannis has done this. You'll actually just get to see it. It's just uh... Game of Thrones is fascinating because it is the most one of the most accurate adaptations I've ever seen, even yeah. though it is very condensed. Yeah, they're willing like, to take just... liberties with. Well, another thing with like Renly being gay. Uh, yeah, they had never very insinuated text in the book. It was this first meeting between Renly and Stannis. Uh, Renly talks about something about how one day he wants to have a kid, and that kid will want that, that kid will wonder why he, Renly didn't take his shot at trying to become king. Mm-hmm. And like Stannis is like, you, you're gonna have a kid, like, yeah. and it's never, never anyone comes comes out and says anything about yeah. it. But Stannis comes out, yeah, he's just like. <sighs> Yeah, your kind can't have kids or something like that. And so far, that is the closest I've ever said to anything about Renly's kind of sexual situation or anything like that. But yeah, in, in the TV show, it's like, he's gay. He's fucking Prince There's a blowjob sequence. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he's getting shaved here. Yeah. <laughs> Little cock garble info dump. Yeah, well, also, also, the books don't have sex vision scenes, too. Oh, but. man. I still can't. I really enjoyed that TV show. But, man, yeah, that sex position sequence was You got to worry just for that. Lesbians fucking done. each other? I think I'm done. Dude, it is not. That is literally the definition of how gay does? for pay. That oh, was yeah? so gay for pay, my friend. I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll see what I do. I do have a friend who has HBO and On Demand. I may just um, um, trick her to let me go over and watch. But yeah, I don't know. I just can't. I can't torrent anymore. I just can't do it. It's just uh-huh. not right. It's just not right. I can't do it anymore. I think it's... 
Why have you fallen out of love with Game of Thrones in general, too? Aside from the torrenting is bad issue. Well, no, no. Oh, the TV show? No, the sh- you've, you've been talking, you've been very adamant how you're kind of over Game of Thrones now. I'm just kind of exhausted. Like, all the things that I care about are not what George R. R. Martin cares oh, about. Well. And I'm interested in the end game, but I'm not necessarily interested where the narrative is right now. Mm-hmm. And he keeps pushing it into dimension. Into, it, like I said, it's it's just the exhaustion that comes from climax after climax after climax. Shut up. <laughs> I can see that face. But it's just like, As you know. you learned last Saturday. <laughs> shut up. Um, but it's just like, it's, I just, I'm just exhausted and uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard for me to get excited about Game of Thrones anymore. Cause like I said, I wish I could just wipe my brain and just get the joy of just the sheer joy for the ridiculous things he does to his characters. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't well, know. Well, maybe you'll pick up in the next couple books. Who knows? <laughs> things have got to start moving soon. There's only two books left. I hate Supposedly. to be that nerd who's like, I liked Game of Thrones until blah, blah, blah. But I really dug the first couple of books, and then the most recent book came out, and everything that he cared about, I did not care about. Oh, yeah. And all the places he took my favorite characters. Because I have my characters that are my characters that I'm invested in that series. They're Jorah Mormont, they're Daenerys, they're Jon Snow, Tyrion... And, I mean, like, I care about other people, but those are the characters where... And, I mean, Kat was on that list. She still is, technically. But it's like, <laughs> there there are people that I care about that I want to see. And the kind of... The path he is taking these characters down is not anything... I keep waiting for the next remarkable, exciting thing to happen. And that was a book without a lot of remarkable, exciting things. Like, oh, there is yeah. a part... Like, for example, at the end of the first Game of Thrones book, when Daenerys goes into the pyre... And ha- gets the drag with the dragon eggs, and her clothes are burning off, and like the dragons like are burst forth from the eggs and like latch onto her like literally and like like her- start feeding on her and like her-, her hair catches on fire and they are yeah. nursing from her milk swollen tits. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. it's the most. It's a cover of a metal I, album. Yeah, I, I'm almost shocked that there's not just a little thing. P.S. This is where the uh, metal guitars start. Yeah. It is amazing. There's a part that happens later in the books, and I don't want to spoil it for you because it's amazing, but I read it during a break at work, and I was so excited. I came downstairs from work to my wife, and I just looked at her and goes, dude, this character just birthed a murder demon. Are you kidding me? It's just like, it's like, I <laughs> in love- In a good way? Well, it's a murder demon. It's no, a good way if you're... Was your, the, well, yes! Okay. Because, I, I mean, when I show up to Game of Thrones is for these... Well, technically having lizard suck through tits is actually a good thing either, well, but exactly, it's badass. Well, exactly, but it's, like, cool. it's yeah. just neat and memorable. And, like, even things like... Like, the, like what happens to Jamie is all great. And, like, the worst thing I can add, that I can that can happen to Game of Thrones with for me is not that bad things happen to the characters I like, because, like, that was one of the things... Reading Hunger Games in a weird way, Hunger Games, the way it ends, is how I want Game of Thrones to end. Where, like, shit well, it, is awful. It's interesting we're talking about uh, Game of Thrones on the tale of you having read the Hunger Games, yeah. Because Hunger Games is everything that Game of Thrones is not. Yeah. Like, it's hella violent, and it's willing to put every single character to death. Long. But yeah, it is brisk as fuck, and it is terse as fuck, and the world is only as developed as it needs to be. It's the polar opposite of Game of Thrones. But get, the worst thing, the worst um, word I can use to describe any Game of Thrones that will cause me to lose interest is 
boring. Yeah. If I am not invested, and I don't, even boring is too strong a word, but if I am not interested not, in what happens engaged, next, yeah. if I'm just waiting for three moves down, you know, it's like that's when Game of Thrones fails for So me. you'll probably come back and read the last book, so just maybe I'll on read your them own all. time. Yeah. Well, I'll read th- when that one comes out. I guarantee you, I will have day oh, okay. day one shipping, and I'll show up. Uh-huh. But the the raging nerd on that I had for Game of Thrones has largely subsided, and it's just it's well, something you can't sustain an erection for. It is not. There's too much of it, and it's just I I, I enjoy Game of Thrones, and I'll show up. But I, I mean, let me put it this way: there's a reason why I could say, eh, I cannot tore it. Eh. And it's because I'm you just still tired. have a good chance that it might end well, like. Like, like, Dark Tower. Well, according to my definition, Dark Tower. Well, what's your? Well, how does the book? How does? How do these books have to end for you to be happy? What was the Jon Snow? Well, see, my fantasy ending was Jon Snow and Daenerys. But even that, I knew that was too happy and too perfect. Because you can say many things of George R. R. Martin. He does not believe in happy or perfect. He believes in imperfect as fuck, but but satisfying. He's got to stick this landing though. I feel bad for the dude. There's a lot of pressure on his shoulders. I do believe that he has it all planned out. He is not Riffin. I believe in this oh, dude yeah. as a storyteller. It's just, uh, hopefully that ending he has planned out jives with enough people reading the books. Because the, the, the books have taken on a, a life of their own when in the reader's imaginations. Maybe in ways that he did not necessarily expect. And with the well, TV show out there... Well, just like well, the books are so now so me- so popular, and like the people are thinking about the books so much that, and, and you've got the TV show out there mm-hmm. crafting its own version of the story, which mm-hmm. may kind of point toward people thinking about how the, the, that story should end another way too. I don't know. There's a lot of way. Like there's there's a lot of room for uh, readers and fans of the TV show to start clinging onto things. Oh, what you're saying right now, things that he he doesn't think is important yeah but they think is important if the last if, book yeah if the last book doesn't end with him nuking the site from orbit i will be disappointed yeah that's what i expect from george R. R. martin but i just want it to be a crazy and i mean this in the true classic sense and not in an internet sense i want it to be epic mm-hmm. epic with a capital e and i think he can do it he has it in him and he's built a world for it i'm just concerned uh, there's only so much of this People, I can't remember what the name of the other continent is. I'm sorry, guys. Essos. Um, is it called Essos? The yeah. one where Daenerys. The one that's not Westeros. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Like every time we talk about a different culture on Essos, I just like I'm just. It needs to be there. It's valid, but I'm like. Eh, 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 eh. Well, it sounds like in general the series would be better uh, if you read it once the, all the books are published, and then you have a little bit of like a Cliff Notes guide to. Like, maybe you can breeze through this next chapter. I mean, there's, there's something to be said. I mean, I enjoy being into something like this when it is being made. Like, there yeah. is a pleasure that comes from reading something piece by piece and not reading it in one lump sum. Like, Hunger Games, I'm glad I read that in one lump sum because it's very readable, and I can't imagine waiting for the next Hunger Games On the other hand, you have the Harry Potter Pickwick Papers kind of, like, yeah, yeah, you're reading in installments. Exactly. It's like, I love, for all that I buy trades, and I try to buy trades of all my comics, there's nothing that compares to picking up a pamphlet and just reading this narrative piece by piece and getting invested in it and that anticipation for the next piece. That's, That's the one thing I really want to... That's one thing, aside from just being impatient wanting to see how the TV show interprets the book, that's why I'm really looking forward to somehow being able to watch uh, the second season of Game of Thrones 
as it airs, just to be part of the online conversation oh, sure. and uh, about people talking about it. There's Especially that now with me having right ahead. Yeah. Now, just seeing how people's reactions to different events in the story, it's that whole sociological thing, which is nice, oh, too. Oh, absolutely. It's, 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 the well, only reason why... a year from now... The only reason why know. I'm less invested in that is that fandom is a cesspit yeah. <laughs> i well, love no, the internet but, like people online you know talking and stuff like oh, that sure. not necessarily going to like you know a song of ice and fire message oh no stuff, but just, oh no the older i get the more i realize because i've been involved in fandoms and i've been involved in that sort of thing the more i realize as much as i enjoy hearing other people like like how they react to things that i love uh, i the more i i realize and i think back to fandom my favorite moments in fandom were with people <laughs> who i found where we just kind of clicked and we resonated on the same things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, fandom, just fandom with a capital F, just is not anything that appeals to me anymore. And I've been mm-hmm. thinking about this more and more. It's like, you know, the it, you know, I love people and I love engaging with people. And I hate to say, I like meeting like-minded people and then just talk to them. But really, I like meeting like-minded people and talking to them. Because it's like, ugh. Did you see that, uh, there's supposedly there's a sexy Garfield walking around Emerald City Comic Con today? <laughs> It's totally relevant to Game of Thrones. I yes, I saw Meredith Grand talking about it. <laughs> fandom is a weird and freakish thing. I would totally believe there is a Game of Thrones community. Oh, I will say this: so the minute I finished Game of Thrones or uh, Hunger Games, and after my wife and I had a good cry about it, yeah. um, the first thing I did was go to fanfiction.net and find the first piece of erotic Game of Thrones fanfiction I could find. You know what is my favorite thing in the world? Huh. Sex scenes written by virgins. Or, I should say, in general... Just for all the technical... Sex uh, scenes written by people who have not engaged in the sex acts described. You probably have no experience with this. The best thing in the world is gay sex written by a woman who has never had anal. It's amazing. It's oh, amazing. Wait, 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 between two guys? Well, no, I mean, just in general. Like, I'm reading this scene that's, that's, that's uh, uh, the protagonists of, of the Hunger Games having sex, and I'm just like, oh my god, you've never had sex. Oh my god, or you were born without a hymen. <laughs> it's like, really? And the way, and I'm like... This blows my mind, because you pretty much just admitted on live on the podcast that you've had anal before. <laughs> well, but, no, like, ultimately, it's like, even at the end of the day, I've read Dan Savage. I know how these things work. And also, you know... Is there much in the way of, uh, of lesbian fanfiction? Because I know gay fanfiction, or gay just like, gay slash is a huge thing. Is I'm but I mean I know there's gonna be less lesbian slashes because there's less female characters to slash with. Well, when you think about it, most the, fandoms, beyond but... that, no, 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 that's not really what it is. At the end of the day, so fan there's very little femme sa- slash in general in any fandom, and yeah. what it boils down to is that when have you read my uh, Toff's daughter slash Cora slash yet? <laughs> I got my eyes on your clitoris. I will admit, the little fan fiction that I have written has been canonical. Yeah. Or at least based on canonical pairings, which already tells you right there that I've written romantic fan fiction. <laughs> and I have no anal. shame. Have you written fan but... fiction while doing anal at the same <laughs> no, time? No, but give me time. Yeah. No, but um, uh, I, um, what was it? No, fem slash doesn't tend to be too common in fandom, just because most fan fiction. I'm just, I'm making a generalization here, and I realize this, but most fan fiction, for the most part, tends to be written by women. Okay. And women, for the most part, and again, I'm making a generalization. If we're gonna make an ab, we're gonna have this relationship. It's gonna between be between a canonical pairing, or it's gonna be between dudes. 
Because when you like peanut butter and you like chocolate, why not have Reese's peanut butter well, cup? Well, it's the same excuse as to why guys are going to write, like, that, that's yeah. why guys get off on lesbian porn. Exactly. Yeah. It's way more, two wieners is even better, you know? So, like, in my experiences, there's very little femme slash game. Uh, Hunger Games gives you no women to ship anybody with, really, yeah, to speak of. Though there is a character in the third book who shows up, and I'm like, and I just turn to my wife as I'm reading, I'm like, so... We're totally shipping these characters, right? I never do that, but I'm like, so, you know, if I'm going to write Katniss or fan fiction, it's going to be about um, Katniss and this character, Joanna, is played by Gina Carano, just going to town, right? Right? Uh, so there's a lot of uh, fanfic number 12, Pita Pocket. Like. Peter Pocket. I made so many Peter Pocket jokes. No, I did not find any gay fiction, but I did find one that was just because I'm like, okay. Oh, and to be fair, in in fan, most fandom, and this speak granted my fandom experience ended as of about four years ago, five years ago. Fandom that is any sort of canonical relationship is boring as fuck. Here, I'll say it out loud. I have written Ron and Hermione fanfiction because I'm boring. And any other Ron and Hermione, like my desperate search for Ron and Hermione fanfiction that was. <laughs> Anywhere halfway well written is yeah. a sad, pathetic one. There's a lot of There's really no scandalous well... charts to people. Just like, hey, exactly. Who's it's pay people the bills. like me who are hopeless romantics. Yeah. And guess what? Hopeless romantics, not very creative. But um, anyway, no, whereas and it's... like Ron and Kingsley Shacklebolt. Oh flash. no, no, no! But like, there's a lot of like really seminal like Draco Harry slash by authors who have since gone on to become published I authors. Have seen inklings of uh, Hermione. Snape? Ugh, I don't know if I can slash, see that, though. But people get off on that? Oh, I'm assuming slash. the frustrated algebra teachers who have hot <laughs> students. Wait, can you really not see? This is the part where we just start talking about fandom. Can you really <laughs> not see the basis for Hermione Snape? Can you really not? smart? Well, it's like he's totally. Oh, hate Harry. <laughs> I mean, like, what's the? No, it's like totally like she's know it all. This, this is where you, you, my emotional I, I, IQ quotient is not advanced yeah. enough. It, no, it's more like your obscure fetish IQ. Though that's not obscure. That's totally like the teachers. Oh, I did see a great an, an, uh, animated gift this week of Gina Carano and a fedora dancing. <laughs> So See, that, I'm going to use that to animate, to, to be an illustration to my Hunger Games fanfic. That's perfect. Um, yeah, no, do you really want to see the hair no, I mean, I would never read that in there. a million years. It would give me an inverse erection. It would make yeah, me vomit. No, I, I mean, but no, it's like she's, she's a know-it-all, and he's going to teach her that she doesn't know it all. That's kind of uh, what it boils okay. down to. Like, he resents her intelligence, and she resents him resenting her intelligence. So it's going to be kind of like hate, fuck, rape, play, kind of <laughs> like... A little... Kind of bouncing each other off the walls there. Well, and also I could totally easily see that being her taking him. There is a... Man, speaking... Of, I don't know why this suddenly got... There's a I weird... my mom isn't listening to this song. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's a weird thing. Talking about sexual dynamics and stuff in the late, uh, latest episode of Mad Men that just came out last week. You're having a heart attack? Well, we're almost done here. Um, yeah. Oh. Is Foley coming? Sexual dynamics in Game of Thrones. Uh, there's this lady, uh, Don Draper's Don Draper's all pissed off at Don Draper. Wait, did, what did I just say? Don Draper's wife. Did I yes. say the wife? Part? And Betty Draper. No, Is that her no name? he's got a new. Wife. Oh, that's right. His French wife, French Canadian yeah, wife, a greater-faced uh, French wife. She hate. She's super pissed off at, at Don Draper, and so she's pissed at him. And they're cleaning up after a party, and she decides she's gonna strip down to her undies so she d d doesn't get stuff on her clothes while she's cleaning up after this party. And so she starts like, "Fuck you! I hate you!" Now, like, you have to sit there 
while I uh, clean up shit in my underwear, and you have to sit there sexually frustrated. But it's not like a fun, sexy game. She's obviously trying to piss him off in every way she can imagine. And then she does this thing where she's cleaning up and showing her his ass. Wait, reverse that. She's showing her. Anyway, this weird thing where, like, she's trying to. Wait, like, is John Draper showing her his ass? I can't that's remember. That. She's in her. She's in his underwear? I can't remember. Anyway, she's not trying to be like. She's essentially taunting him to rape her. And he does. Not rape, but, like, is that, like, fuck you, I hate you. But. Here I am naked with my ass out. And then he does, like, pulls her hair and this whole kind of, like, hate fuck thing. Yeah. And it's supposed to be real. They're actually fighting, but. Yeah. This is kind of like. I know that's that's a dynamic Angry that happens. Sex is a thing. Yeah, that's a real thing. But like, how to actually show that on TV? Yeah. Like, I saw people online were kind of like, "That's really, like, uncomfortable." But that's a that's a dynamic that happens in real life. But apparently, just, that's just a critical part of Blue Valentine. But that you don't see hate fucking in a lot of uh, media because that's not a thing that people want to like go. That's fucking, but it's not. It's not going to make like you horny unless you're crazy. I mean, that's why Blue Valentine what almost got X-rated. It was with um, Michelle Williams and, and Ryan Gosling. Like, last year, there's a scene where he... They're in a relationship, but he pretty much rapes her. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Where, and like, it's that, that sort of thing, where it's like, they're in a consensual relationship, but this is not necessarily Well, there's... Uh, traditional Mad Men, There sex. is an actual scene where a married woman gets raped by her husband, and that is flat out that he raped her. Like that that's clear cut. Whereas this other thing is kinda of thing where it's it's a, it's two just a, it's there's like, a little give and take, a, but it is yeah. kinda like no one's calling the cops in the morning. It's not not consensual. But, but no one's not. writing about it in their diary either. Like, yeah, so weird. I'm just yeah. Anyway, how do we get this? does get kinda of like hate raped. Not oh, hate raped. Stop using that word. But really. hate? Love. No, the other one. Roped? No, raped? um, by uh, what's his face? Just, it's it's that is one of the weirdest sex scenes I've ever read in a book. Oh, so because well, at first we're, we're Daenerys loses her flower. He's got something to teach her because she doesn't know everything. See, yes, actually, kind of, but it, or he's like he, he he like he's tender to her for the first time. It's Does so weirdly written. Tender thing because like yeah. my recollection, he pretty much rapes her, but well, he's she's he's a, trying to be sensitive, but she's so, in the movie in the in the show. It's straight up non-consensual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's let's please use that happens. word. Let's stop using the other word. Yeah, because it's giving me the hives. Anyway, um, in the book, it's he's a little more tender the first time, and then the she second comes time, around, quote unquote, in the book where it's not. She it's really happy. clear that George R. R. Martin really her thought brain, about this. Her brain be ha- be her brain be sad, but her body be happy. Well, it's not even that. I'd say it's like she's. It's but that's another that uh, yeah. that's another sexual. Uh, altercation in a book slash TV show that, like, people have brought up with. Any kind of sex where it automatically isn't designed to make you get off, it, that makes people really uncomfortable. That's what I really loved not... about the Takeshi Kovacs books. Yeah? I was really impressed by them. I'd mentioned these books a, co- a while, a couple episodes ago. My friend recommended me to. There's a lot of sex in those books, but the sex always serves a straight-up, honest-to-God plot purpose. I'm so impressed by that. In three books, he has, like, six sex scenes, and all of them they serve do that the plot. In the Cocoon movies, too. <laughs> You I'm always impressed way. that sex scenes are not there for titillation, that they straight... Because you know what? Honestly, in yeah. 99% of books, maybe there is a reason for the sex to happen, but, why? but for the sex scene why to be described there right? exactly, yeah. is always for titillation. Takeshi Kovacs is the only book I've ever read where there's a reason that you stay with them. Oh, okay. I was actually all really impressed by that. 
I'm firmly in team fade to black, but that was the only time that fading to black did not make, or it totally helped, or did not, not fading to black was part of the narrative. We're both a little drunk. I'm so tired, Bill. Let's end this podcast. Okay. What else do you have to say about Game of Thrones? No, that's it. Of course we're in the Game conversation. Game of Thrones. Bone and bone and Game of Thrones. That's what uh, we're talking about here. Everybody, welcome to the Boy Howdy Podcast. I think this is the first night where we talked extensively about sex. That's pretty good. We yeah. held out for a good long time. Yeah. If you masturbate to this episode, please email us. <laughs> we are howdy at boyhowdy.org. Oh, we are Boy Howdy Podcast on the Twitters. We're boyhowdy.org. I think the only feedback we got uh, about Game of Thrones stuff was Maxwell Motley. Uh, she just said she loves Game of Thrones. She's not quite sure where it's headed. Uh, it makes me keep reading, though. It keeps fucking with my emotions. I mean, that's what I... Like, I, I know that George R. R. Martin... Or George R. R. Martin has a plan. And I know it's going to be a good ride eventually. I would just like that ride to go a little faster, please, sometimes. So, okay. Next week, we're going to start an experimental thing where... We're going to have, uh, next week's podcast will not have a theme, it'll just be us rambling. So whereas the first part of the show, we tend to piffle on what we have done in the prior week, and also Geek Week Geek Interview. Week interview. Um, and then the second part, we have a topic. Next week, we're going to try not having a topic. We're Although, just riff. the podcast of that will probably be the topic, be Legend of Korra, Avatar yeah. Last Airbender. But yeah, we're not going to force it so we have to have a theme every week, unless people want to suggest themes or something at us. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 going to be a little more uh, freeform. From... Feel free to, to, to riff at us how you feel about that. Would you like yeah. the idea of just an hour and a half as opposed to two and a half hours of us. Yeah, it is two hours and 20 oh, minutes now. Oh, God. We anyway. did spend the first hour just talking about uh, Hunger Games this and is true. Uh, Legend of Korra. So. Hunger Games. But, if you're but the they things. had to hold out to this part to hear me talking Are about there Hunger Games. in uh, Hunger Games? Oh, fuck no. She doesn't want to well, have sex. stuff. She doesn't want... No, 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 no. She, no, no, she, no, no. she, all that she barely first... wants to kiss anybody. You said it's all first person. Is it, it is first all person. three books told entirely from her point uh, of view? It is all from her point of view. Okay. She doesn't want to have a goddamn re- romantic relationship with anyone. These boys are like, how do you feel about me? And What's like, you know last what? name? Can I not die? Everdeen. Katniss, Katniss Everdeen. Everdeen. Don't you like make from Deep South. Katniss Everdeen. Well, kind of. They're coal mining people. Actually, they are in the Appalachians. Oh, they're my people. That's right, Bill. What happened to Pacific Northwest? Um, they're probably, actually, one of the districts is, um, uh, Lumber. What happened to Texas? Actually, the character that I want to be played by Gina Carano, who I want to be gay. She is from the Pacific Northwest. What's her character? Oh, this only proves that she's going to be gay. (laughs) She's this character named Joanna. And her whole point is that she's lost everything. She doesn't show up until book two, vaguely, and then... Well, I mean, everybody... I, I can't say... I don't want to spoil anything. Because really, Hunger Games is so enjoyable just for the weird shit, unrelenting, unpleasant shit that happens to I everybody. I saw the craziest... If you could see the Gina Carano pictures I've seen with my mind this week on the internet... <laughs> what do you mean? She's wearing a fedora. Bits and shit. There's what? pictures of her. She's done some interesting modeling. Let's put it that way. What? I'm just, she's got a butt. <laughs> Anyway, please tune in next week for a Gina Carano butt fan cast. Gina Carano butt curse. Gina Carano. Alright, everybody, thank you for listening to this asinine bullshit. I love you and good night. No! Yes! <laughs> <laughs>